Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dowell here. Dustin Frazier. I'm not saying the world's gone just yet, but all I'm saying is Kanye definitely did a freaking campaign thing in South Carolina and just started crying out of nowhere. So, I mean, he probably cried because he watched Extreme Rules Horror Show as well. Yeah, I, I cried. <laughs> he was selling pay per view tears. Kanye, you should have watched the anniversary, man. Okay, Jesus. Yeah. What are you going to do, though? It's, it's the end of the universe. The end of the WWE universe, that is. <laughs> I'll gladly there you go. Yeah, had a long night last night. Probably an even longer one tonight. I'm not going to make it too long, though. I'm going to stick to the uh, the important stuff here. This one, this one will be less painful. Yeah, hopefully it will. We'll see exactly what happens. It's crazy the world that we live in. Like just yesterday, uh, I decided that I wanted to. Uh, I'm I'm still old school. I have one of those headphones that like plugs in. You know, like where it's like the earbuds plug into the phone. So sometimes you get caught on shit and it'll yank you back. <laughs> even in those details, in those, in those, in like, no, like, I've had time. I, I, had, I, I had a phone break that yank and yanked my phone out of my pocket. I hate Cry that. I said, that's it. That's it. Order on Amazon. A uh, couple of Bluetooth cameras. I was thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna want to get killed. I'm gonna get dragged by a train and beat against the side of the wall or something. <laughs> you know, look like in Sam Raimi's Spider Man too. So I was like, you know what? Even if I get to get a regular generic little pair of earbuds, just something to keep me alive. And I'm, I'm talking sorry. to my. I'm talk- terrible, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> I'm talking to my neighbor about this while I'm uh, explaining what I'm waiting for the package. I'm waiting. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just want to be able to be hands free, kind of like this guy walking on the street. This guy's walking on the street. And he's talking about how now's the time to change. I'm not trying to eavesdrop on his phone conversation, but he's just talking about like if there's any time to get it together and be prepared for the future, it's now and everything. I'm like, you know, like that guy. And it's like this awkward pause between my neighbor and I, and then I look at her and I'm like, that guy's not talking on the phone, is he? And she's like, no, no, he's crazy. He's just over around here. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> I see. Well, not that guy then. He's crazy. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be hands free, not crazy. Oh god. He wasn't the best example. Holy shit! <laughs> oh no, he's crazy. Yeah, unfortunate. I think I may be the first non-wrestling. To get a title, that's that's wonderful. I forget that that happens, you know. Yeah. No, no, he's crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, uh, I hate to start the show with uh, any kind of state of the podcast addressed, but it's really no other good point to do it. So, Twitch affiliate. We have once again, because I remember I mentioned this to you guys uh, when we first came back here, that we were qualified as Twitch affiliates upon our departure and upon our arrival again, but we never accepted it. We have once again been, no- been notified that we qualify as Twitch affiliate, which uh, I'll spare you the details if you're here just for the wrestling, but you have to have a certain amount of viewers consistently in your chat room and a certain amount of time you stream per month, the amount of engagement from your audience etc etc so thank you to those of you that are on twitch because just like in the past you have once again made it possible where we are considered ah i guess you would say good enough streamers for affiliate i don't think it's like a you know it's not a great honor or anything but that being said uh the problem with twitch affiliate is that in order to do it your content has to be exclusive to them for 24 hours which means if we made this show a twitch exclusive we'd have to wait literally 24 hours from now until we can uh put it in other places 
And that's the reason I didn't jump in before. A lot of people, if you don't know what affiliate means, it just means you're, you're underneath Twitch's wing now. Uh, there'll be a subscribe button on your channel. People can subscribe for $5 and they'll get special perks and emojis. And uh, your channel just gets a lot more bells and whistles, which again, all we got to do is hit that button. And we're pretty much under the Twitch payroll, which they confirmed again last night. My problem is that uh, exclusivity, which is the reason we are, as you guys know, we're going for Mixer. This will be the final stream on Mixer because as of tomorrow, Mixer won't exist anymore. So uh, it's the 22nd, really. So really this Wednesday, we might have one more party games and I don't know if they'll do it on the 22nd. When it turns to the 22nd or like 22nd and go, it's one of those things where it's like one, two, three and go or one, two and go on three. You know, who knows? (laughs) It could be 21st and at midnight. Tuesday going into Wednesday. I have no idea. But now that we've been in this transitional period, we've been simulcasting, which we don't do very often. Most of the time we were streaming live on Mixer and then we were uh, uploading essentially to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, all of the podcast platforms, which is where we originally started before we even had video. And then we would put it like on a few other video based places. So uh, that's going to be ending, and this is where the Twitch affiliate thing comes back into play. My my uh, reluctance with taking that affiliate is that I'm not really in this for that partnership. I know some people have specifically come to Twitch. Holy crap, have you guys put yourselves over coming to Twitch specifically for that goal? And uh, I made a few tweets recently that got, uh, I guess, some positive feedback. Where I said, nowadays, more people are focused on the... Uh, I forget exactly what the tweet was. I think you might have even seen it, Destin. Yeah, it was something along the lines of, like, the follower numbers or the content. Yeah, see, I don't even know the things. It's like the stuff just comes to my brain and then it escapes just as quickly. You know, I'm old. But I basically said, you know, more people are focused on the support and the follows that that they want to get as opposed to the content, the the, the style of content that they want to create. Yeah, that was about, that was virtually I'm paraphrasing myself, which I guess I'm allowed to do. I'm not going to, like, call myself out. You know, that that was the whole point. There's so many people now that are trying to get it. That's never been our goal. Our goal's always been just to have a great platform to be able to discuss things with discourse uh, objectively and not go left or right in our choices. So, that being said, last night's, our post shows are probably our weak sauce. Not everyone likes to listen to you just talk about one pay-per-view. As far as views across any platform are our post shows. That being said, last night's post show for Facebook is in the thousands. You know, and uh, although that doesn't happen often, unless it's iTunes, which not to boast, but yes, our iTunes, our SoundCloud, all of those were maintained in four digit numbers. But uh, f- to get the video show in the thousands, it just shows that there's interest there and it would suck to just close off the Facebook people. No one's going to want to hear a post show about a pay-per-view like hours later. So again, these are just just a small example. Obviously, we could just do it where we don't do that one on here. But that's the reason why we haven't been doing the Twitch affiliate because our uh, demographic is scattered. That being said, if you would like to help us swing more towards this Twitch TV affiliate, just remember twitch.tv slash talkbrunch. If you start coming in here, if most of our community jumps over to here from wherever the hell they're uh, taking in our content, consuming our content from, if you will, it would definitely help. I mean, I do consider this our main platform, even if I don't ever hit that affiliate button. I would consider it our main platform. So I'm just letting you know, twitch.tv slash talkbrunch as of now, aside from talkbrunch.com, would be considered the main platform. And at some point, I'm still reserving that option to become Twitch affiliate. So I wouldn't get too comfortable on the other on the other things. 
you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that was boring. Sorry. I know you even sounded bored. Oh, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. So uh, before we get into some wrestling, uh, I believe it was Willie who mentioned the term Xbox Series X game showcase, I guess, is happening or something. I don't, I don't even know anything about that. Yeah, I think it's happening. I believe Willie said tomorrow, I think. What is it like a live thing? Yeah, it's probably gonna be like one of those live uh, YouTube deals. Oh, he, well, he said sometime this week, but didn't say specifically the day. But I guess it's gonna be revealing some of the big titles, uh, possible gameplay of what this is, how how this is gonna run. We used to years ago, and even on our first year, we used to do E three coverage. And even though there's no E three this year, I don't think we would have done the coverage either. And I get it. Everybody, when it comes to the gaming world, everybody's busy. Everybody's doing their own thing. There's a lot more happening in life. You know, and people are, uh, their time is sort of split. But that being said, like when it comes to at least our close, our, our close knit community, our gaming community, um, I really feel like Stasis and I are really the only consistently active people at this point in the entire community. And yeah, everybody dabbles in games. I mean, freaking, we have grandparents that dabble in games. Everyone could throw something on for a few hours. But I just looked back at the history of not just the last year, but the last two years. And this isn't like a dick measuring contest. But we're like the only people that are rolling credits on all these games. I looked at the things so that were being like 20, sometimes 30 games. Uh, biannually <laughs> you know what i mean like six months, oh, yeah. six months 20 30 <laughs> yeah, counting, like counting rpgs and then still maintaining some rapport like in the bigger uh grind based games like call of duty and stuff and it was just kind of like holy shit if we had the community uh with the activity that sort of matches what we've been doing and it's not like we've been doing it uh with any goals in mind i it was in hindsight i realized you know when it comes to playing games which a lot of it has to do with a streaming whatever comes out or whatever we have access to or whatever people want at the time. We're pretty, we're doing a lot of stuff here, but I don't think we have the, uh, everyone, the best way I could put it in layman's terms, no one gives a shit what we're doing on here. If it's not wrestling. So, uh, that's the reason I haven't focused on the, the Xbox series X or the showcase or any of that other stuff or the news with it, because, uh, the numbers don't lie. Like they say in, uh, the Royal rumble. And unless we're talking wrestling on here or it's the wrestling show, uh, a lot of the other stuff, doesn't get the exposure necessary to to go into it you know like i hear let's do a a show like a pop culture show let's do an anime show let's do another comic book show and it's kind of like you know what but we would need to see that the uh that there's the demand for that really when we do when we put on the stream for wrestling stuff everyone's right in here if you put on the stream for literally anything else it's more of a struggle so once the demand's there for extra content i think it will be filled sooner you know yeah, I'm sure we'll, yeah, start, right. we'll be streaming Xbox Series X games on here. You know, there's no question to me about that. I'm sorry, what were we gonna say? I was gonna say, yeah, you gotta like, you gotta see people that like show they want it. You can't just throw it out there and be like, oh, I mean, nobody wants. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta actually want something for it to be out there. Yeah, because it's funny. I look back at our old E3 shows. You guys can go and look at them if you want. And most of the stuff that we're talking about, if not all of it, got streamed. Anything that you saw them play on like a stage where it was like, wow, and then the lights cut out and they come and they try to sell it to you and shit. I I almost looked through all of it and I'm pretty sure it's all been streamed on here. 
and that says a lot. It wasn't even intentional. It wasn't like I had a goal, like, all right, anything I need three. We just inadvertently, um, unless it was on not on our platform, because obviously I told you I don't do Sony just because of a time constraint thing, and I don't Nintendo. But as far as the uh, multi-platform titles and just the AAA titles, we did all, almost all of them. It's funny because I, I watched an old E3 we did from years ago. And I remember they did this big thing. The lights cut out and they're showing this game. And everyone popped for the game. And we even talked for about 20 minutes on a show about how interesting it'll be to experience this game. Keep in mind, I don't remember watching this. This years ago. My memory's gone. I don't, I don't remember watching or having this discussion. And it was Ashen. And I remember playing Ashen when it came out. And... <laughs> And not thinking this is that game that was on that stage that everyone, including myself on the podcast, told I played it. We streamed it. It was just part of the rotation. You know, there's a lot of games that without even realizing it, but without even it being deliberate, we pretty much covered all of the E3 stuff that comes out. Yeah, like a little you know? E3 hit list. And, we're, and, and there's times on here, unless it's wrestling, I'll be streaming solo, like maybe a person or two will come in. But if it's not, either you're playing the big games that uh, the Ninja and the other guys are playing. Or you're playing stuff like that. But if you're known, you kind of fall into your niche demographics on here. And unfortunately, that's what we are. We're doing the wrestling thing. So I would need to see more uh, activity for the other content we have before we expand it even more. People need to tell me what the hell they need to see, in other words. Right. Besides the wrestling. Or it'll, or it'll just be wrestling. Or we'll just talk to ourselves like the crazy deaf guy. Or the crazy uh, headset guy. Whoever that guy was I saw outside. The non-headset uh. guy. Like I said, we have to plan for the future. And yes, that is how you talk. <laughs> as far as the accent, I can't fucking believe. Oh, God. Sound like Shaka Zulu. Shaka! Interesting fox. I wonder how that survived the test of time, or does it just look offensive nowadays? Okay, who knows? All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's start off with some fun stuff in case that wasn't already fun enough. I know we haven't serious shit to talk about, but just to have a little bit of fun. Did you come across the Miz on Up Up Down Down? Getting oh my god, yes I did. Oh, poor Miz, right? That, oh, he doesn't seem oh, tough. That's... He doesn't seem tough and mean, like or anywhere near his heel form when 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 Maurice gets pissed. But yeah, I wanna I gotta put this up on the screen. That's so hilarious. I saw, I, you right now, I, I saw the bitch in his eyes. I swear to God, like that's that that's that I'm sleeping on the couch. Look, oh, 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 he's talking about the scoreboard. Hold on. No, I'm serious. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I'm serious. I'm trying to do something here. I'm trying to concentrate because I have a Zoom meeting and you're not respecting that. Your dad is. I can't hear what's going on, but I think Mace is getting yelled at. Naked like that, and you're screaming the whole time. I'm trying to play this. I'm in the chair. You're screaming too loud. I can't concentrate. Just respect that. Honestly, when I asked you guys to take care of everything, I wasn't expecting you to like take it over here. Can I get back to it, please? Please, thank you. <laughs> hey, Miz. 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 Hey, Jake, you just got Jake schooled Carter. twice. You just, you just got Carter, schooled did twice. Did you just get scolded? Yeah. Did you just get oh, scolded? I love cold dying. I think you just got schooled twice. Once by reason, once by his wife. Wow. <laughs> I am so incredibly uncomfortable. 
Whoa. Keep it down, <laughs> man. You got that double service. Keep it you got that down. double service. Where you serve. <laughs> oh, and also. Wow. She's still yelling. She's still yelling at him. She's still yelling at him. Yo. I promise I will get it. Okay, can I just finish this, please? Can I finish this, please? All right, let's go. I'm back. Hey, is she out of the room? Is she out of the room? Are you okay? Are you good to go or no? Are you okay? She's out of the room. I just want to let her know you don't ever talk to me like that ever again. All right? But she ain't in the room. Are the kids allowed to play again? Are the kids allowed to play again? You guys done? You done? Nice. All right, cool. All right. Nice. Freeze, make it quick. You might need to go to bed soon. Busy stuff. Nothing. Oh my god. That is worst case scenario for anybody. Oh, god. my favorite part of that is Cole dying in the bottom. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, what the hell were they playing? Was that an old Power Rangers game? Yeah. Well, wait, it might. I don't know now that I think about it because I don't recognize. I see Lord Zed. I see the lipstick monster from Mighty Morphin. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely a little power. I saw Goldar up there. I, I, I didn't recognize the lipstick monster. I guess what it was. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Some of the Zords were up there. Wow. Talk about old school. That man got, that man got chewed the fuck out. Oh, that is that is perfect. I love how he tried to still kind of stay tough in front of the boys. I was like, nah, man. Yeah. Nah, like, see. can I finish? Because can I finish? It's like, you shut the fuck up. Like, Poor guy. I felt for him there. <laughs> oh, man. Those guys are still doing it. It's cool that they have uh, the up, up, down, down remotely, you know? Yeah. It's still a still, um, way to keep the thing rolling. So. It's one of the easiest things to keep rolling, you know? Really, it's painfully easy. Yeah, they've expanded a lot. That's one thing I give credit. I remember a lot of it used to just be woods, and that's changed over time. So now it's everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's become its own little empire. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So, uh, if we have anything else fun, you see, I'm trying to stick to fun, right? Right, we're, we're trying. We're trying to keep fun. Before I get to anything serious, I've been doing that lately. Like I'm scrambling for, for fun news, and not getting it. Anyway, here's the link for you guys. Does the bot still send it out? Yes, it is. One more day yeah. of life with that thing. I don't know when they aired this, but did you see this fiend psychiatrist video? I haven't, but I heard there was some kind of a video out, and I'm like... I haven't seen it yet, either. I just heard like you did. I heard about it before Extreme Rules, though. But I just never got around to seeing it. All right, well, guess what? You're going to get around to seeing it now. Oh, God. Okay, Fiend, uh, was expecting Bray, but this is okay too. Uh, how are you feeling lately? Okay. Um, uh, okay. Just wanna talk to you today about multiple personality disorder. Have you heard? Okay, it's okay, you don't need to talk to me. I, I have an idea. Um, Yikes. <laughs> 
brought something especially for you. How do you feel about talking to Mr. Box? Media platforms at WWE on Fox. Let us know what's on your mind. Okay. That's where that good quality writing is going right there. Yeah, buddy. Are you not entertained? No. No, you didn't like it. (laughs) I mean, it's the fiend, so I enjoyed it, but yeah. You know what my problem is with it? It's it's way too soon in the Fiend character for stuff like that to be happening. It's no longer... It's it's too soon for it to be ironic. Like, a good example would be Kane. Like, Kane's gimmick had a very subtle style of that kind of stuff happening at first. Where he would go months just being this stoic, quiet, creepy, masked Kane. And then, like, every now and then, he would do something human. So when it happened, it was special. It was like, oh, oh Kane had an emotion there, yeah. you know, which like, like, cool. like, like that time, he got that little kid the freaking toy out of the grab machine. You know, but it was years. You know what I mean? Like, literal years before Kane did that, you know? At least it was a like year. around or just two, over a year. You know? and, it, and it was a slow development of them doing that. Even even small things that they would include. Like remember the uh the old Get It commercial, the Attitude Era commercial where they were like going, yes. Stone Cold's going through the building and everybody's like kicking each other's asses and stuff. Oh, like, I remember, I remember the Get the, It commercial. The, so they have Kane like leaning up against the wall in the corner like with a cup of coffee. And he's in his mask, like in full attire. And it's like that was the only thing that he did. But you see what I mean? Like the small humor. And then eventually you remember the uh, the Kane Knights when he's doing the the promo with, with freaking Rock and Hogan. <laughs> you know, it was just like he would have moments. Oh, you would have cringe. these like brief moments. And then yeah, eventually it became gimmicky and stuff. Even McFoley, mankind. Like you slowly ease him into that. It's like this character's barely been around a year and we're already doing like joke shit with him. Like he's already at that status. It, it's because they back then they knew how to let shit subtly go. It's like you gotta you gotta earn that. You can't just become a funny character at this point in your career. This it's it's good storytelling. In any story, it will be considered good storytelling. You know, look at Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn was a was an evil character for a really long time that was comedic, but it took like years and years for them to redeem, if even possible, that character enough to be seen. Like in the Batmobile, for example, like helping out Batman and Robin or shit like that that you wouldn't see. Like, it'd be strange if Harley Quinn just went from babyface to heel, like the way they do in wrestling. Like, the way they eased it into that sort of made it work. You know, you gotta ease people into stuff. You know, like imagine if Vegeta was doing the bingo dance, like in the first season of Dragon Ball, like that Vegeta. Oh, like, what? You know, the, the, the humor and the irony is that this character that you've known for so long that has this had like a dark attitude is not doing something funny. I don't feel like The Fiend has had a dark enough gimmick long enough without there being hokey shit where it's like oh look how hokey it is like it's already becoming hokey so somebody somebody thought it'd be funny one time and then he just went with it that's his company's mo and i can't believe you brought the vegeta bingo dance back into my life you <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you see what i mean like it, it, I, I ain't been right since that moment <laughs> you know may as well have this fiend do the bingo dance oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> you know why not there's right? a line right why not do it Anyway, 
let's talk a little bit. You know what? Let's let's go straight into our slammiversary. Think would be a good yep. idea. Let's talk some slammiversary stuff. Because a lot of the news that we have as far as people's contracts and stuff would be out of order, to say the least. Like if we didn't talk about who was at Slammiversary first, because a lot of my news is contract based, so Slammiversary, what are your overall thoughts? You know, it's always been one of my favorite uh, TNA pay-per-views. I mean, I think my first one I ever watched was uh, in 2005 when Raven become, became world champion. And this one definitely, I think, made that legacy proud when it, comes to, when it came to some of the big moments. Because this and Bound for Glory are always their two like head-to-head biggest pay-per-views of their whole calendar year. Mm-hmm. And this one delivered. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first match, I believe, was the Rascals Open Challenge, correct? Yep. And good God, did they get a hell of an answer. Yeah. So, you get, you start off strong with a cameo because the Motor City Machine Guns show up to face the Rascals. Now, uh, I did like this pay-per-view overall before we get too deep into it. I This was... Uh, I sat and watched it just because I didn't plan on talking about it here, but I just had nothing to do, honestly, and I threw it on. And you know what? I enjoyed the pay-per-view. It was really solid. The wrestling was good. It wasn't without its faults or its flaws, but that's every wrestling show, and I didn't agree with everything, but it was a cool show. I enjoyed it as an overall pay-per-view. I'd recommend it if you're looking for just some good wrestling with some familiar faces. Yeah. Uh, again, I didn't know the Rascals that well. They they were they were solid enough. It was good to see the machine guns back together. I mean, they worked just as good as they always did with the emphasis being on their double teams and uh, just the innovative offense that they use in matches generally. And uh, these guys, these Rascal dudes, they seem to be able to complement that like they had a similar style. Yeah. Uh, there's been some people, it's been here and there, but the Rascals are saying, a lot of people out there sometimes said the Rascals are almost as close as we've gotten to the machine guns. When it comes to how uh, fluid they are as a team, yeah. Because like when these guys, when, when when you cut them loose, I've watched the Rascals numerous times. When you cut those two loose, those guys go. And if there was ever a team that I feel like could match speed with the machine guns, that's the team to do it. Yeah. Well, they were they looked good, and again, I'm happy to see these guys back. I'm hearing that they have future plans with them as well. That it's not just yeah. them uh, there for the moment. You know, it's going to be there uh, going for the titles, I believe, tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, the Motor City Machine Guns versus the North. Pretty cool. I think that could go well. Well, that kind of, you kind of spoiled something there, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> but yeah, Motor City Machine Guns do go over here. Uh, I forget yeah, the name of it. Double package pile driver. Right, right. Uh, we had Moose against Tommy Dreamer for the quote unquote TNA world title. This is similar to what's happening in AEW with uh, that FTW title, where it's kind of like Moose is the self-proclaimed TNA champion. Yeah, he literally just showed up one day with the championship and just said, boom, I'm champion. Mm -hmm. Tommy Dreamer shows up in a Moose Sucks Eggs t-shirt. He's paying an homage to Terry Funk, who during a feud with uh, Dusty Rhodes showed up wearing a Dusty Sucks Eggs t-shirt. And you know how much, how close Tommy Dreamer is to Terry Funk, so he's paying an homage to one of his idols. It was pretty cool. Uh, the match itself was interesting, and it was well done. Moose Athletic, as always. Uh, what are your thoughts overall here? Oh, I loved it. I mean, they basically coined this match as old-school rules, which is basically ECW-style rules. These two threw everything at each other. Like, I haven't seen Moose in a match like this, at least not to my knowledge. And, I mean... 
to see Tommy Dreamer doing what he's been doing for a few years, for quite a few years now, is making the younger guys look good, not stealing the spotlight from them. This match was really well done. I mean, Moose has been fantastic as of late. This new gimmick that they've had him going with. I wish they would have kept his old music, but I mean, that's just me. But if there's one thing that came out of this match, is that Moose has a world championship run in him. And I think this, I think music, this right? thing is like laying them laying the steps, I think. Yeah, you're talking about his Ring of Honor music, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because when, exactly when he first really. came to Impact, he had uh, his ROH music. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know why. They, it's weird. That's the, it's one of the few times in history that you see music go from one organization to another, and then they changed it anyway, even though they took it from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Which I remember, that's, that's the one thing I gave Impact credit for when I saw him there the first time. I was like, oh, cool. They kept the whole thing. Like, I didn't expect it to, yeah. to change. Like, And they changed it anyway. Yeah, I think it was something along the lines with like the gimmick change. Which I guess in that case I can understand it, but yeah, uh, Moose, uh, Moose wanted him going over with uh, the lights out to, to retain um, his Impact World Championship. Yeah, I always give credit because I I thought it was a shame that he wound up at uh, Impact at first, but now I'm starting to realize that uh, it it worked out for the better. You know what I mean? Like how ironic it is that him at Impact happened. You know? Yeah, they they've been treating him amazing. Like he's been in the mix. In any way, shape, or form, since he's been here, yeah, very solid, very solid. I don't like that uh, bandana look that he has, though. That looks kind of weird to me. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, like, is he supposed that's to be... the only part. That's the only part of the look I don't like is the bandana. Everything else I can deal with. The the bandana I can't. Like, yeah, it's just weird. Like, you know, like his attire just became strange. He's like a meaner looking guy, but with a with a nicer looking outfit. As far as just a, like, it looks like babyface clothes. Like, who the fuck would wear a bandana like that? That's serious. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Look at that rough that he took that moonset on those chairs like that. Oh, oh that man. looked <laughs> when he took that, I was like, oh, his knees. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> they yeah. beat the shit out of each other in this match. It is crazy that all these years and Tommy Dreamer still takes the most nasty looking bumps. Yeah, no, it definitely is. That that man's body has done wonders for him over the years. Mm-hmm. So after this, we had the Knockouts Gauntlet match. Every gauntlet under the sun. Felt like they brought out the entire freaking roster. He had Kimberly and Madison Rain, along with Rosemary and Nevia and Sue Young. Uh, against uh, also Kira Hogan, Valkyrie, uh, Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, Eddie Edwards' wife. That's strange to see her in that role. Ky- Kylie Ray, yeah. Jessica Havoc, who no longer a lot, actually. Yeah, Jessica Havoc, who no longer stays masked, huh? Just kind of keeps the mask off. Oh, no, she kind of... She doesn't use the mask like she used to anymore. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts here? Oh, this match, uh, I mean, I've, I always enjoy the knockouts. I definitely enjoyed this match. It was <laughs> it was interesting seeing well, basically one of the things that happened right away was uh, Taya was supposed to be number three. But her manager, I shit you not, this is really his name, Johnny Bravo, came out and dressed as her. And everybody had this genuine look like, what the fuck is he doing? And he hit our entrance perfect. That's the part that disturbed me more than anything else. But it wasn't. But it got even better because later on in the match, he did it again. But he came out as Rosemary as Rosemary already came out. That kind of got like, on my nerves, though. Yeah, it, it was funny the first time because I didn't see it coming. But the second time, I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? But Maybe um, it would be better if I knew him, you know? Yeah. That this is one of those moments where I regretted not following Impact that much. Yeah, like Stacey, I was he so Santino confused. He totally Santino did. He, he, oh God, he really did. But um, yeah, it was kind of um, 
it was kind of like it was cool to see Madison Rain back again. I haven't seen her in a while, but this match was all over the case. They definitely whipped out a lot of the big names. Well, at least what's considered some of the big names right now in the knockout division. A lot of the ones that are in the mix. I found it interesting that uh, Susie showed up this time, which I was I referred to before is what they've been throwing in now is Sue Young's alter ego, her human alter ego in a sense. Yeah. And, you, and, and how they work is like, you'll see moments where one will start to sneak back out. They've constantly rotated them back and forth, you know, but you can many, always tell when the other one's coming back. Too many alter egos in wrestling. Everybody needs to stop it. Yeah, you know, everybody needs to stop this Norman Osborne shit. This chick, Katie Forbes, you see this here with this twerking shit that was going on? What yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? You, you, do you see when that shit happened? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> like this, oh. she, was, she went, she went twerk <laughs> crazy, and she's quite the, she's quite the specimen too, huh? Like, what is that? Kudos to whoever's climbing that mountain. Oh my god, I'm pretty sure that's one of Van Damme's chicks. So. That had to be, right? The one from that last video? She has that ass. Yeah. I know I've seen that ass somewhere. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> what is that's going ridiculous. on here, man? I know that ass looks familiar. Yo, I'm so mad how Kiera tried to go with it. I'm like, bitch, you know good and well you cannot keep up. Are you kidding like, don't me you right now? Even- <laughs> it all makes sense. Fucking! <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Okay, oh, yeah. Con- continue, please. Well, of course, uh, <laughs> this match wound up um, ending with uh, Kylie Ray, the old happy ass Kylie Ray. Uh, hit a super kick on Valkyrie and pinned her, and now she gets a shot at the Knockouts Championship. Kylie Ray, yes, because, the odd one, the strange one with the strange backstory of leaving AEW and winding up getting a gimmick here. You know, really right. weird. I yeah, think and of course, I love. I, I think the Impact kept up the tradition with knockout with a battle royale in general, to where it turns into a regular match once they get down to the last two. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Those are the guys you get. You're always giving the rub to the last four people, so you always want to pay attention to who the last four were. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, Kylie Ray's are okay. Like I said, I just found that whole thing really weird. The way the way she left, it left a bad taste in my mouth. That whole AEW shit that happened. I know it's not something yeah. to really focus too much on, but it was strange, you know, just kind of like that. We're just supposed to just erase that. I watched a press conference with you, and now we don't even understand fully what the hell happened. You know? Yeah, I, I don't get it. But of course they're going to give her the rub because she has the most buzz. And that's one, that's the one thing oh, that yeah. Impact's still guilty of. They're going to always give the buzz to the person who, uh, who I guess, has the, uh, who, who has the most buzz. They're going to push the person who ever has the, the, the most uh, momentum at the time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, they put her no. in there with, uh, who was at the end, Ty Valkyrie and, and Rosemary, right? Yeah, Rosemary, Taya, and uh, Kylie were the last three. Yeah, and they gave it to her. So, so that's pretty cool. I mean, hey, she got the rub over. She, she we went over two former knockout champions, so yeah, not bad on her. Not bad. She has some kind of mental issues. What George said, yeah, I wouldn't even need that need that to be reported to tell that because you know who the hell's going to leave AEW at the point where she did, which is kind of weird. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to digress as far as the pay per view goes. Anything else uh, in regards to this match? Uh, no, it was. No knockouts deliver as usual, and get um see later on who uh, Kylie Ray will be battling for the knockouts championship. Yeah, 
Ray goes over with her destroyer egg and then a super kick. And uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then right after, we got another cameo because Heath. Heath good old Slater Heath Slater. Shows up in the ring with all his kids. All 52 and a dozen of them. Saku, how you doing there? What's up? Saku Hasa. At least that's Marceline, right? Marceline. Yep. Oh What's yeah, up? that is her. Hello. Hello there. Yeah, because um, this was uh, it was actually cool to see. I mean, it looks like they're definitely running with like the free agent gimmick. Um, he goes in the back and he actually reunites with Rhino, and Scott Demore basically tells him like, "Hey, since you're a free agent, you can't be here." But Rhino pretty much says, "Hey, come back Tuesday, and we'll see what we can do." So, which to me, I I thought that was completely unnecessary. They could have just he came in the ring, he didn't he did a good promo. Which again, I have nothing against Heath Slater, but I don't know what he did to become a big deal where you he's not he's not in guess who's here status. You know what I mean? Right. And that and that bothers me. When someone Heath Slater, who the biggest claim to fame right now, is getting claymore, it's like, guess who's here? It's just kinda yeah. like I don't feel like he earned that momentum in WWE to be a guess who's here guy. And uh, you know, it was a cool promo and everything, but then I look at that. And uh, it's just unfortunate because they had the Rhino thing at the end. Just let them have a reunion and cut to something else. What was the point of having like someone come out and be like, "Hey, listen, you don't officially work here," and then due to they even brought up, I believe they brought up the uh, the virus, right? And due to the pandemic, uh, <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck do I need? Just have him and run, give give your buddy a pound and be like, "See you Tuesday," and then leave it obscure. Like, I don't need to hear. It was just to me. I just thought that was awkward. Like that was just a strange. I don't need that information. I I know he doesn't work here. I wouldn't need somebody official to come out and then tell him that he doesn't work here. Thanks for the follow, Sako. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna be uh we're gonna have to be relegating things down to here. We won't be on YouTube live uh probably for a while. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, again, Heath Slater, good for them, I guess. But this is one of my problems that goes into TNA Impact, GFW, call them what you will. But once again, they take a guy who's like a mid-card to low-card guy in WWE and they make him a big deal over here. And and sometimes it's worked where you go, well, what do you know? That guy yeah. was better. I, but Heath Slater going to that yeah. in the middle of your biggest pay-per-view is strange. Yeah, I, I think I'd look at it from the sense of like, they, unlike WWE, had enough common sense to know if you actually do something with him, he could go somewhere. Whereas WWE didn't try. Maybe Impact sees something that we don't. Well, we didn't get to see, but. Is he a good enough promo for that attention? Oh, see, that's a tough one. Because this is one of his better promos. But then again, this is one of the first time I've seen him cut promo in months. So. Yeah, you know, it's like I've never it's like we've never known him for his promos. We've known him for his bumping. Mm. You know, I'm being a good ad, so it's just weird to kind of go, oh, look who has something to say. You know, so like I said, again, I don't get it when I uh, when I see that. Yeah. You know. And, it, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, good luck to him. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is he doing? <laughs> look, we got what is he doing here? Oh, baby. Ha! Impact Wrestling. Slam-aversary. They promised you surprises. Well, surprise! Uh, well, ah. Rascal! You guys want to do an open challenge? Well, 
I don't really have much to do tonight. I haven't saw one of my best friends at work here, but I'm pretty sure if I speak to him, he'll be agreeing to be in my corner facing you too. But if that offer isn't on the table, I see that there's a vacant slot for the Impact World Championship. You see what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> what the yeah, that fuck? Part, that part threw me off. Like, no, he, no. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> this is a new heat. And I came to impact to make an impact. So Boo, you know, I'm not, I'm, I do, like, I'm, it's not good. Not good. Uh, oh, damn it, Heath. You could just show it up and look pretty. Fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could take him as a serious guy. See what happens, I guess. And they brought some <laughs> other dude out. Who's that guy that they brought out to, to, to fight him? Uh, He's one of uh, their mid-carders, a guy named Roll Hit Raju. There you go. Yeah, he's he's uh. There you go, King Quest. Exactly. He can't. You, you're not gonna get that Christian Cage. First of all, and I've always said this. I don't care if I get heat for this. Anyone who knows us knows this to be a fact. Anyone who understands wrestling, nothing against Edge. Christian was always better. Yeah. Okay. It's just one of those things. I have nothing. Yeah, I like Edge, but a lot of people, and we've said this since. I mean, I grew up watching Edge and Christian. I was I remember seeing his first match. And among though, everyone who I spoke to, all of the communities and wrestling back then, during the Attitude Era, it's always been one of those things where you knew Christian was better. You know? And uh, so it wasn't a surprise for someone like Christian to be a top guy in TNA. And, it's, and again, it's not that Edge is bad. Edge has more of the full package that they look for. He has the full look that they want. He's a better character, I guess you could say. Um, and his wrestling's good. It's not like I'm saying Edge sucks. But when it comes to just in the ring, Christian's just fucking better. Overall. Overall, he's just almost overall better than Edge. So, Heath Slade is good. But, I mean, there's nobody he's really better than right now in Impact. It's a hard time to be better than someone. Yeah, it really is. Like, listen to what we're saying. We're talking about Heath Slater. You know what I mean? It's almost like we need to wake everybody up. Like, how 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 bad are we in a way where it's like, Heath Slater's an impact? Yeah. And, c- and come on, that King Quest. Nobody remembers Tonko. So there's going to be one of my complaints right there. And this is, once again, everyone just is becoming the cool thing to pile up against WWE. Who does suck? They do suck. But it's becoming like a thing where it's like, and they got Heath Slater. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Chill out. I put, I put it like this. If I hadn't read it, if I hadn't read it on the notes, I had forgot. Like the Heath Slater? <laughs> that one. You know, come on. <laughs> Willie Mack versus Chris Bay. What are your thoughts here? Oh, uh, this match, when I heard this match announced, I knew it was going to be fun because Chris Bay has been one of their rising stars in the X Division. All the personality in the world, skilled as all hell. I mean, it's Willie Mack. Like. <laughs> That speaks for itself. But I, this match was absolutely nuts. I remember watching Willie Mack back in the Indies when he used to team with freaking Rich Swan and they were buddies and they would do dances and shit yeah. together. I believe it was in And then Impact wanted to bring that team back. Did they? Yeah. 
See, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were a tag team, and they were um they they acknowledged their friendship on the Indies, and they teamed for, for quite a bit. So. Yeah, I didn't know too much about the Chris Bay guy. This might be my first time seeing him, or maybe if I did see him he, in the Indies, I won't remember it. Yeah, he's been Impact's been displaying him quite a bit, but yeah, guy is incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, cool. definitely a great addition to the X Division for sure. Oh, that's cool. X Division is interesting, uh, just to see guys, uh, I remember we got the thing where I believe it was Abyss that bullied them out of the weight limit, it was like there won't be a weight limit anymore because I'm a big guy and I'm taking this title. Yeah. Uh, but before that, there was a weight limit, the whole X Division, and I, and I heard them, uh, Josh Matthews trying to put it over as, you know, the, the, it, the whole X Division is no limits, but really, no, it's supposed to be specifically, it's supposed to be like a cruiserweight title, and I But then again, guys like Samoa Joe showed up and... But Samoa Joe that wasn't always as big as he bit. was. Like when he was in the X Division, he wasn't nearly as big as he oh. is now. Like you can't have the Samoa oh, yeah. Joe today in the X Division. I mean, Joe was a solid what two eighty? I think when he won the X Division title, was he? Maybe. Yeah, he was. He was about good two eighty. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the second biggest person in uh, TNA at the time. So. Yeah, I have mixed feelings as far as whether it needs to be a title that uh, has a weight limit or not. You know. Yeah, it's a cool caveat until certain things like example an abyss it's a cool caveat until an abyss happens like i feel like with that title you had to have some level of like athletic ability like a keith lee could have been exhibition champion because it's a high flyer like but you couldn't have like freaking shane taylor's exhibition champion it just wouldn't work like yeah finish to this willie mack hits a stunner and he goes to the top but he misses that his uh what he calls the six star frog splash and then bay winds up hitting the destroyer yeah, and then the Art of Finesse, which is a springboard cutter, and Chris Bay is the new X Division champion. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Congratulations to him. be interesting to see yeah. more of where that goes. Yeah, they got a hell of a champion. Finally, we get your guy, spoiler alert already from earlier, but you get your boys The North against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan for the Impact Tag Team Championship. Thoughts? Uh, why can't so angry? <laughs> I was joking in the chat room about this shit, man. Like I was joking in the chat. When room. I watched it, I I saw exactly what you meant, and I was like, "Damn!" What annoys me about this match is that Shamrock is the one who chose Callahan to be his partner. And you know, I'm not a big Callahan fan, but could Shamrock have been more of a dick within his gimmick? Where like something happens during the match where Callahan gets pushed. And inadvertently breaks the pin, which obviously he wouldn't want to do. And Shamrock is just so wide-eyed angry that this guy broke that pin. For the rest of the match, though, like other stuff happened. Callahan dives to the outside. He whips one of these dudes into, like, the barricade. Then he comes running and fucking hits him against the barricade. And Shamrock's still in the ring, wide-eyed, pissed off about earlier. And it was just one of those weird things where it was like, why was that the uh why was that your whole angle here? And then Callahan, I got to give him credit. He did something that you normally don't see in wrestling. Like, normally when a miscommunication like that happens, the two of them look like, what the fuck? Hey, what the fuck you? No, what the fuck me? No, what the fuck me? And just beat each other up. He literally, and you hear him audibly go, he shoved me into you. Look. Like, he pointed to the other guy and showed him. And yeah. went, look. He you shoved me into you. You know it's bad when Callahan doesn't look like the asshole at the end. And it was like, if you're that explicitly saying it, where I can hear you explaining and physically showing him what happened which you took the time out of your pay-per-view match to do then he should fucking chill out it's only a miscommunication if you don't 
communicate. The, the, the guy stopped to tell you what happened. <laughs> Calm your tips. I was so pissed at Shamrock. I get that that was the booking, but holy shit, what a, like, what a miserable. If you want to make me hate the guy, I hate Shamrock. I actually like Callahan a little bit. The poor guy comes, he's not even in your feud. You pulled him into the shit, and the guy's working on the outside while you're pissed off. I mean, God, be, um, the North <laughs> took advantage of all those shenanigans after freaking Shamrock literally, I shit you not, mustered the energy for a plancha. I don't know what that plancha was, but he mustered the energy to do it. <laughs> and I'm not believing um, Josh Matthews' whole he committed to it so he wasn't able to stop himself. That's not how the human body works. No. This isn't a car where he put on the brakes too late and that was just it. Of course you can stop yourself. And if you're going to dare make it that, you better make it a lot closer than it was. Like, those guys were completely, totally not there when he jumped. It was worse than in the Holly-Ronda fight when freaking Holly ran to the other side of the cage before Ronda even turned around. Yeah, and at least with that, it was like, actual it was... speed. Like, Holly used incredible <laughs> speed for that to happen. This was just floppy. He just... <laughs> and Shamrock still yeah. looks good... movement wise for his age physically he looks wrinkly but i'm saying movement wise athleticism wise i mean i'm expecting he's an older athlete a lot of older athletes are going to look good look good for their age you know yeah after all of uh his angry shenanigans the north go over with uh the double neutralizer Mm -hmm. and what does this mean does this mean that shamrock is going to once again uh Hold on, wait a minute. Do we get is this the bump here? This might be the bump right here. Let me see if this is the this bump. This might be it. Is it... Yeah, this is the bump. Fuck out of here with that. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh god, that was worse than I remember. Which is bad because I just watched it this morning. Oh look at look at this. Oh, <laughs> look at this bump. Oh. God. I'm supposed to believe he couldn't stop himself with this fucking bump. All I'm saying is that he just grabs onto the rope and he stopped himself. That was <laughs> This is why you commit people. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he doesn't look no. bad. I must have missed a spot. I don't know where it was. I don't know if it happened already. I don't think it was right at the start. Oh my god. Like I said, the guy does look good, though. It's just the, uh, it's just bumps like that. Oh, is this it? I think it might be what was coming up next. Yep. Here we go. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, again, this pay-per-view, you know, everyone's kissing its ass like the greatest pay-per-view. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm, there were good things about it, but it, it's not, you know, God's gift to pay-per-views. It wasn't perfect. It had really? its problems, like TNA always does, impact whatever they are. You know. Oh, God. But yeah, after that, uh, the North cut a promo and brag about the fact that they've been tag team champions for over a year, which, I mean, quite the accomplishment for them. That um, Ethan Page labeled them the best tag team in impact history. And they immediately get the challenge on that statement because the machine guns come back out again and basically decide, hey, they're going to challenge for the tag title this Tuesday night on Access. Yeah, which is a big deal because this could be a push for the machine gun. So I'm definitely more invested in than these North guys. 
you know. I, and I mean, I, that, that without the without the North have been ripping through this division, that's a big name for yeah. them if they can manage to get a win in this match. Yeah, and I don't know much about the North, but I mean, I've always liked the Starks. So I'm willing to give them a chance. You know, Stupid. And see how that goes. <laughs> oh God, I can't believe you! It took me a second to catch that too. You <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you keep doing this shit to me. I have taught you. <laughs> All right. Well, after this, we had Jordan Grace versus Diana Perrazzo for yep, the knockout. Sonny's favorite. Yeah. Knockout title. I got to say, this might be my favorite match of the entire thing. They really brought it At with top us. Top to bottom, this was one of the best ones. Yeah. These two know how to put on one hell of a match. What are they your so thoughts? They work so well together. Oh yeah, this match was amazing. Like, first of all, Jordan Grace—I mean, a beast. Like, she's so strong. But what's what I forgot is how fast she is too. Like, she can get from one end to the other in almost no time at all. So it scares me more in a situation where like you're in somebody with who's that strong, that big, and then she can just go. It was like you said before with the Sunny thing. That girl's in amazing shape. Yeah, and I mean, Diana Perrazzo. This is how. You introduce the the freaking virtuosa into your company, not some NXT job and bullshit. Like they threw this girl to the lions and let her eat, and she came up in this match and delivered. Yeah, body wise, Diana looks like she got a little bit thicker, but it looks good on her. You know what I mean? Yeah, she like, evened out nice. Yeah, exactly. It's like not you don't have to have the cliche model look. I think in this business is better when people have unique looks, and they both have good looks to them. You know, oh yeah, and I love Diana consistently attacking uh jordan's arm the whole match yeah it was really good wrestling that's something that you don't see a lot of nowadays where it's like the, the wrestling overall told a good story uh it, it seemed like a game of chess which uh, i really did like about it they I, they put a lot of effort into that match and i definitely give them credit for that so really cool yeah and of course the finish of this match um after unloading with some elbow with um that jordan unloads with some elbows to the back of the head uh, ver- the Brazo recovered and a double arm breaker submission for the win. Double arm bar, yes. Yeah, that looked nasty. Yeah, very cool. Very, very solid match. Interesting that they had her pass up the titles uh, immediately. I thought there'd be a little bit more time, but either way, it still looks good. And hopefully, yeah. they'll have the rubber band match for this. Yeah, I can see it being convincing. DNA is Diana Perrazzo. Hell of a talent. I mean, Kick the front door in and immediately snatch gold. So good for her. Yeah, yeah. She fit like a glove. She really did. So, uh, is that, are we up to the main event? Yep. Main oh, event time. God, smooth. Nice and smooth. You get your, your vacant Impact World title match. Uh, Ace Austin against Eddie Edwards against Trey Miguel against Rich Swan. And the surprise appearance, the, the last two surprises, first of all, Eric Young was the last one. But Rich Swan had an interview during this where he's on crutches and he's talking about how he's going to be ready for that title when he recovers. And he sort of does like a little swerve where he shows up and he takes the crutches off and it's like, I'm not hurt anymore. And then he dances down yeah. to the ring. He's been out for like nine months almost with a leg injury. Yeah. And then Eric Young pops up after him and he proclaims it to be a fatal five way match from that point going forward. It was so good to see him again. Yeah, so you got these four guys already ready to go. And you got Eric Young. Well, he comes in. Look at that look that he has completely shaven. 
No beard, no mustache, no hair. I love the mask that he came out with. It's weird because when he first came out, before I could even see who it was, they were like, it's Eric Young. Like, how the fuck did they know what that mask? Did he wear that mask before? You know what it was? You know what, you know what it was? It's because uh, they saw him the Titan trying to say world-class maniac. Ah, I see. So the Tron that, gave yeah, it away. That, that, that's what it was. They were watching the Tron. It literally said world-class maniac Eric Young. So. Yeah. What do you think of this match? I uh, Stasis called that big guy. I'm not too familiar with him, but she called him a creator wrestler. She said it looks like somebody wanted Kevin Nash with freaking uh, Juice Robinson's hair. <laughs> oh, Madman Fulton, aka Sawyer Fulton. Yeah, that's who that is. You're right. That yeah. is Sawyer Fulton. <laughs> that's the, Sawyer. Wait a minute. That was the other fucking um dude from uh. That that was the guy who got injured in Sanity and got kicked out. Look at and that. Then two he was Sanity in members in this. Two and and now members. he's uh he's Ace Austin's heavy. Two Sanity members. <laughs> hey, hold on, let's bring this back up on the screen. Think, you got you got John Cena in the back. You got freaking Eddie Eddie Edwards with the John Cena jorts and and green sneakers. Like what's that all about? How okay. come Eddie Edwards is half John Cena now? I don't know. <laughs> Like what the fuck's going on here? This is a strange thing, and to me, honestly, as these guys, these guys are all great workers, but it's a weird main event scene. Like I'm looking at this match, like who the hell's your world champion? Like what? It's it's such a strange main event scene that they had going well, on. See, there. with the way Impact's been booking it, a lot of these guys have had such a road to success. They've been dancing on something big for a while, and with the Tesla thing before uh before Tesla left. It, there were so many different challenges, challengers all at once. This was the only way they could re- virtually resolve it. It was like, you know what? Throw them all at her. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, this match was all over the place. I mean, freaking, first of all, Ace Austin, 23 years old, and they said it in, um, in the pre-match vignettes, and from watching this kid, like, they're saying, like, they see shades of AJ in him. When it comes to his athleticism, the way this guy works in the ring, just the level of success that he's had so far. That's the purple guy, it, right? It, yeah, that, that's the one with the purple. Uh, <laughs> that's hey, the listen, one you said. He looks like a cross between, it looks like a cross between freaking uh, Matt Taven Matt and, and, and Jay White. And, uh, it, looks, Jay White. <laughs> it looks like Matt Taven merged with Jay White. He's like an alternate attire okay. for them or something. You know, the he's, only he's difference good. is over it. Yeah, the only difference is twice is over the both of them, but... Yeah, dude's absolutely an incredible, incredible wrestler. Um, I mean, Trey of the Rascals has been a standout as of late, which is main one of the main reasons he was in this match by himself. Rich Juan, even though he's been out of an out of an with an ankle injury before, I mean, the guy was exhibition champion. He'd been in the mix for the world championship. I mean, Eddie Edwards is freaking Eddie Edwards, a former. I think he's won every championship in TNA that the men that the men um, could win. So it was interesting to have all this, and then they threw Eric Young in it. And then I, I didn't even realize at the time, but this was an elimination match, too. So it they, they managed to draw this one out quite well. I like a, an early moment where Fulton interfered, and he was about to get kicked out of the ringside, but he didn't want to leave. And the ref was literally like, if you don't leave, Austin's eliminated. So Austin just had to scoot him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very solid stuff. This was, this was overall uh, interesting, different, not exactly what I expected. Yeah, uh, this this match was this match was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then the finish wound up being um, it came down to Austin and Eddie Edwards, and Eddie Edwards hit a second Boston knee party, followed by a move he calls Die Hard, which uh, I, I don't even know what to call that move. It looks so nasty. 
But now uh, Eddie Edwards is a two-time Impact World Champion. Yes, he is. And, and, and Rich Swan has to be the first time in my recollection that I've ever seen somebody return and leave on injury in the same match. <laughs> That's what it looked like, right? Like they, because he, he shows he up. He came back from injury. And after Eric Young got eliminated by him, Young fucked him up. Yeah, he destroyed him. He beat him up. He smashed his leg. You know, he was furious. Those, those screams were nasty. Yeah, look at that here. See, we got it. This was him after he got eliminated, right? Yeah, he instantly oh, went out at went after Rich Swan. What a piece of garbage, Eddie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's right here in front of us. Eric Young needs to get out. He's been eliminated. The this is a guy who just eliminated. came back. He was at the top of the round taking his crutches off. Rich Swan, <laughs> dance for the next time. They Chris Sabin him. No, 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 no. And Eric Young's gonna put it back on his shelf. Leg of Swan had him on the shelf for eight months. It's got a plate in it. It's got screws in it. It's full of metal. And Eric Young is looking to end the career, it seems, of Rich Swan. Somebody needs to get out here and get Eric Young out of here. Oh, come on, you come should on. stop him. What a sadistic human right? being. The <laughs> security. Eric just Young needs to be. That point on. Yeah, but uh, the. Celebration was short-lived because Madman Fulton comes back out, attacks Eddie Edwards. But Eddie has friends because they're here. Yeah, Gallows <laughs> and Anderson show up. The good brothers come up and just wreck house. Now, what did you take away from this? Uh, you know, when the Madman Fulton thing happened, I was like, wait a minute. So just no celebration. But then because they what the interesting thing they had basically revealed earlier in the night that was like, hey, they are here. So I knew it was kind of a matter of time when Gals and Harrison would show up. So it took a little bit of the excitement out of it for me. Yeah. For me personally, it was it was really good to see Anderson and Festus. And uh, and I have to say that because he did you catch anything off about him? You know, I didn't notice. Maybe you were too excited. I'm going to go to this for I me. might have been too excited. First ex- of all, <laughs> first of all, Festus over here, he nearly busts his ass coming down the ramp. Oh, watch, my God. Watch this. He nearly, this is the best oh. shit ever. Okay, let's get him on here. Oh, no. Keep your eye on him when he gets towards Luke the bottom Gallows. of the ramp. Watch this. I love it. The good brothers are here. And they're going to make their impact Ooh. on Slammiversary. <laughs> Gallows and Anderson. I didn't catch that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh god. Oh shit. Hold on, we gotta go back to it one more time. Hold on, we go. Watch him. He almost had a fucking Shockmaster moment for this intro And they're gonna make their impact On Slammiversary (laughs) Gallows and Anderson Oh my god The way he skidded Dude if he would have skidded and landed on his ass That would have destroyed that (laughs) That would have been it 
Oh. He did the shit oh. that they do, that the, that the second Sub-Zero makes you do with the ice when he puts on the floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, me and the oh, girlfriend God, immediately looked at each I other can't. like, did he just... Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew he was setting up something, but I couldn't tell what. Oh, that is too good. Well, yeah, they basically uh clear the heels out, and uh, Ace Austin catches a magic killer. And uh, the celebration for Eddie Edwards continues. But! But you know what? Here's the, here's the deal. I'm not done with Festus yet. Oh. Because he misses beers. He's the only one in that celebration who misses beers. That I caught. <laughs> Bro, you almost fell on the ramp, and now you're missing beers? <laughs> what kind of shit Austin is this? Would be uh, so we're gonna have the weird John Cena looking Eddie Edwards in a stable with a bullet club. Great, and uh, oh. it was just oh. uh, then the beer. Is this when the beers come in? Yep, here we go. Yeah, Look at that, everyone. Uh, God forbid one of them would have missed the beer on this guy laying on the ground. But whoop, there you go again, fucking up Festus. <laughs> You fuck up the ending of this pay-per-view? <laughs> At least he was able to drink the fucking beer successfully, right? Come on, man. Come on. What are you doing, man? You're messing Don't with worry, this, this fucking finish. This, this, this was fastest. We'll get gallows on Tuesday. Oh, my I God, hope. guys. Oh, shit. Oh, you ain't shit for that. You doing all right, dude? Oh, dude, as much as the beer dropping was funny, that slip on the way he skidded, because I've seen that, I seen that body motion before on people. The way that was going, Ooh. That is pure terror in a fraction of a second. Uh, he almost would have fucked that intro up. You see, a lot of people might not caught that, but I'm sure it's going to be there on Botchamania. Yep, it'll be there on Botchamania. Oh, no. Oh, ain't no way in hell, Matthew, you missing that. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> he must be relieved he didn't fucking fall back, dude. Yo. I've been there before. You don't understand the relief when you don't fall in that moment and because you're doing everything you can with the least amount of movement not to fall. Oh, that shit made my day. Good old TNA. <laughs> it wouldn't be TNA if something strange didn't happen that normally doesn't. Well, you know what? Guess what? At least it was funny. At least it was funny. And it wasn't even supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, it definitely worked. <laughs> <laughs> needed that smile after Sunday. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, after uh, the celebration, the fun is not over because Impact had one more surprise for everybody. Well, not really surprised because we saw it coming, but Impact had one more because uh, three tally marks appeared on the screen and Ethan Carter third appears. So basically, Impact all but confirmed EC3 is coming home. Yep, they sure did. For anybody who missed it, here's what the clip looked like. I'll bring it up on the screen. There he is. And he just breaks a glass against the number three there. So, there you go. EC3. I don't think he needs to be this tall. He could just go back to being the regular EC3 if he's an impact. Everyone knows who he is there. You know, like, why make yeah. a new character? He, he could easily do it. But then, for me, I mean, he, he can pull it off no matter what he does. So, yeah. 
It's going to be intriguing to see what happens for sure, though. But I'm glad he's back here where they actually treat you like you're worth something. Yeah. But it's overall, a conversation like WWE managed to screw up with him not yeah, once, twice. but twice. And I, and, I, and I don't know which one was worse. Yeah. No. The whole thing's bad. The whole thing's bad. Yeah. But overall, Slammiversary, very solid. Very interesting. I don't know if I'm going to watch tomorrow. I don't know. It's, it's not even personal against them. There's just a lot of wrestling. I might have to cut something off, and I haven't decided which WWE show is going to go first. I'm just saying, I, I'd vote SmackDown. It comes the latest in the week. It's, so it's I mean. all just bad. It's all bad. You could watch this Raw that you just watched and still vote SmackDown away. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. You know, I think it's because SmackDown, not only is it with SmackDown just being ass, but then it's later in the week and ass. Like how, like, like how, it's one thing to start my week, shitty, but how you end it, shitty. But yeah, we might start having to watch Impact. If you haven't watched Slammiversary, I, I definitely recommend ordering it. It's worth it. Yeah. The Encore, I'm sure they have one there. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. like you like you said, they had their things where it was just kind of disappointing and things that should have been better, but the show overall, it didn't feel like a chore to get through. No, it did not. It absolutely did not. You You enjoyed the whole ride. Yeah. So that being said, Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows went on a podcast. Remember we talked about last week how Paul Heyman was considered a liar and they said they were going to go on a podcast to talk about it? Well, that podcast has come out. It was called the uh, the Countdown to Fucktown Special. I believe his name is <laughs> like a very interesting name. Uh, and they basically said uh, in regards to their contract that uh, as soon as they're permitted to fly back to Japan, they're going to be joining New Japan Pro Wrestling once again, and that Impact is going to be working around New Japan's dates. So, for the time being, you're going to be seeing them in Impact, but this seems to be more like a temporary thing with the way that they're wording it. Because they said that they were given a great offer from New Japan, which they've already signed. So... Yeah, one of New Japan's top tag teams coming back. Yeah, exactly. So they did they did sign a two year deal with Impact Wrestling. Um, they're not getting paid per appearance. But um so they got a good deal there, but they're basically allowed to go to New Japan and, and it's kinda of funny, even though under contract, uh it's strange to have Impact having to work around their dates, you know. Yeah, but then again, that sounds like something where Impact is glad to just have them, so they were okay doing it. Yeah, but they're sort of playing second fiddle because it, even though they're contracting these guys, New Japan's going to dictate when they need them. And when that happens, that prioritizes itself over Impact. I just find that to be an interesting clause in the contract. But you're right, they probably just yeah. are happy to have them. Yeah, I mean, it would make it a little more fun on Impact's end because it's like you know... There's this dominant tag team in the division, but with them being in Japan, sometimes you never know when they're going to show up. So it gives Impact a way to kind of work a little surprises in every now and then. Yeah. I mean, it's just a credit to Impact being willing to like, okay, you guys want us to work around their schedule. Cool, that works. At the end of the day, we still have you. We're still going to treat you guys right. We're still going to make sure you enjoy your time here. Hopefully, after two years is over, you guys want to stay. Like, <laughs> it's almost like considering what the wrestlers want is a thing. 
Imagine that. A thing. Crazy, right? Like, we get, give them a the situation that makes them comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, it's not like they haven't freaking earned it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did go through hell with WWE. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I thought about it, especially when they showed up. I, I don't count any of their runs, their tag title runs at WWE, because they never gave a shit when they were tag champions. Yeah. Nothing was memorable about any of their tag title runs when they were in WWE versus in Impact and New Japan, where they've already had great runs in Impact as tag champions. They could get they could give the tag division in, in uh, TNA a run. And God help you if they get a hold of those titles. Yeah. And they also spoke a bit about uh, on this show. They also spoke a bit about what exactly happened between AJ Styles and uh, Paul Heyman and them, which I thought was interesting. I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing, but I wanted you to hear this. Trying to get to the bottom of it then. I was like, what? Because it did feel fucking weird. They're talking about yeah. the release. started kind of asking around, like, the fuck happened? And then we, we heard, well, it was Paul Heyman inspired. And it was like, really? So then we fucking told AJ that. And uh, AJ goes in and he asks somebody if, what they think of it. Like, I don't want to throw this guy into the bus, but he went to somebody and asked, is this what happened? And that person said, yes. So AJ goes into Vince and he says, uh, you got to tell me the truth. Did, is, did, is, is Paul the one that, that fucking said to fire these guys? And Vince told AJ, he said, listen, they weren't on my list, but yes, this was a Heyman. This was a Heyman thing. Paul and added us. At the Apparently end of the he day, thought we were making too much money for what we were doing, and yeah. he's a fucking liar, and he's a piece and of shit. There you go. And I think at the end of the day, it's still a Vince thing. Vince could have been, you know, Vince could have gone to bat. Vince could have said, well, no, he could have. <laughs> so, like, AJ went to Paul Heyman and said, did you fire these guys, or did you, you know, put the word in to fire them? And AJ and, and Paul said, no, you have my scouts, word. Scouts fucking honor, brother. You have my word that I did not do this. If I would have known, I would have gone to bat for them. And uh, AJ went, okay. He went back to the same guy and asked again. And AJ went to Vince, and that's when Vince told us wow. to were right. And so that okay, was when no. that's when AJ got so got hot about the bold face lying. And on the topic of AJ, like AJ, he didn't want to be there alone. He when you're at the very top, you don't have a lot of friends at the top especially if you're not a WWE bred talent, especially if you're not a guy who was in developmental with these guys and going up and down the road for years. And then you get that top level. Those guys have a lot of friends and a lot of guys that can go, Hey, this is what's going on with. Alan doesn't have that. He's not a WWE guy. We were his guys. Um, <clears throat> I met him. I, I'd met him, but in TNA, we flew out of Atlanta every week. We became buddies. We're close. There's a bond there. We're going to leave new Japan together Fast forward, we come to WWE together because now, like, you know, in whatever way in his mind, he's kind of returning the favor. And then he says, please resign with WWE. This is great money. This is going to be here. I'm going to be here. We're going to get a bus. We're going to travel together. We're going to have a great time together. I got your backs. I know you guys have my backs. We'll never screw each other. Yes. Then this happens. And to him, he goes, fuck, fuck. And I think that, like, well, not only did he lose his two boys though. and he feels bad about it, now he's all fucking alone. You know, yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't yeah. have any friends. He does. 
but when you're that close and you're that tight knit, it's like, it's a hard bond. Cause we've done so much shit together. And like, I think he felt a little guilty. We didn't, I didn't feel bad because I started getting this book 10 seconds later and Chad had to go through that getting fired remorse shit. And that's, you have to, but I think Alan went like, like he felt like it all fell on his shoulders and that's why he publicly spoke about Paul a couple of times and all that, because in his mind, he's like, fuck, I told these guys to stay and go against not just our friends, but his other friends too. And not go against them, but like, Hey, stay here with me. There's going to be a lot of money on the table. Things are going to be great for us. And then the bottom falls out for us. And he's like, like that couldn't have went worse on that end, you know, other than he's got his job and his spot. Yes. Great. But fuck Paul Heyman and fuck those guys and fuck all that lying. Because I told these guys it was all going to be okay. That's my opinion. Yeah. He said, and I I think that's when AJ realized that Paul was in his mind of a fucking bold faced liar. And so he said he was, he couldn't work with him. And so they moved, that's why they moved him to smack. Did I read a report that people were saying AJ Styles was being bullied and he left to go to SmackDown? Did you see, did you see AJ? I saw AJ AJ said that. If if I'm going to get bullied, I'm a grown man. I'm like, I can't say that to AJ. He'll fight anyone in a heartbeat. I can promise you with, (laughs) I can promise you that if anybody. Nobody bullied AJ Styles. Rocky and Gallows bully me more than anything. <laughs> AJ Styles probably has never been bullied in his life. <laughs> it's not that you don't want to fuck with AJ. <laughs> they went in. Oh. oh. Yeah, what's up, M7, Eddie? Yeah, I, I don't. It's heartbreaking. But like they did point out in this video, uh, Vince could have stopped it at any point. He just didn't care. You know, it's like the, yeah. they weren't Paul Heyman guys, but they also weren't Vince McMahon guys because they were Vince McMahon guys. It wouldn't even be an issue whether or not they were Paul Heyman guys. They were just nobody exactly. guys, you know, and it's like Paul Heyman was sort of the fall guy here. We don't know the full circumstances of what happened. Was he put on the spot? Was he told that he had to release X amount of people from Raw? Some things don't, we don't, don't know, unfortunately. It doesn't sound like Paul Heyman would just go up to Vince and be like, you know, Vince, you should fire these two guys. Like, it, like there had to be something, some sort of bottom dollar that needed to be met. And Paul Heyman was just the guy that had to give the order. Even if they're saying that it was Paul, he had to be told to release a certain amount of people. Maybe he needs to free up a certain amount of money. And they fit that criteria. There's a lot that goes into this. So, uh, yeah, I do agree. Paul Heyman, I, I'm not fully defending. This guy, Paul Heyman, will fucking lie. There's documented proof of the kind of underhanded shit that he does. So there's no question about him having to do underhanded shit, but I'm just saying that this might be a situation where he was uh, pushed into having to do it. Yeah, they might have had him in this position just because you know it's going to take the heat off everybody else. Because Paul Heyman has such a history. Right. But yeah, either way, it went bad. And the fact that AJ, and that's the kind of stroke AJ has, as much as they say he's not a WWE guy, in my opinion, he, he very much so has become one, a lot like Jericho did. Because uh, he was able to say, take me off of this guy's show and put me on the other show, despite anything you have written. And they did it. You know, so they definitely don't want to lose AJ Styles and he does have power and this will probably be his last contract anyway has very little to lose you know he's one of the most successful wrestlers yeah. on the planet <laughs> but it just by a long me, shot it just sounds to me like the Paul Heyman thing is sort of what, what uh, rubbed them the wrong way oh yeah 
they spoke a little bit about the crown jewel stuff also while they were there i'm not going to play any audio of that like i said listen to uh, it was a talking shop show that they did but they talked about how they were supposed to take off but then they were stuck on the runway and uh they said that everyone wound up going to the hotel and that they said there was a lot of tension that they could feel and that they heard somebody saying something about to pull the feed you know like they overheard someone saying for the feed to be pulled remember there was an argument over money and then they pulled the feed of the pay-per-view or something like that yeah you know like they actually overheard something with that if i heard it correctly on the show so that alone to me says a lot right there oh yeah all right later shane but like I said, it was really crazy. I have to say, though, when it comes to these two, that I'd like to see more of them in Japan, that I'm excited about what's going to happen to them in Impact, just because I kind of feel like right now Japan needs actual Bullet Club members there, so the timing of it couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Impact, with the roster they have and some of the talent and some of the stuff they have going on, they'd be okay without them. Yeah. It's good they have them, but it wouldn't like if Gallows and Anderson just weren't there, they'd still be okay. Yeah. I agree. So they showed up. They were on being the elite. I don't know if you saw. I heard they were. Yeah, I heard they were on being the elite. Yeah, they did a little bit of a skit here. I'm going to try to bring up for you guys. Hey, uh, do you have any extra shirts I could borrow? I don't think I packed any more. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you. Kind of an oldie but a goodie, actually. Oh, wow, look at that. Still got, Remember that? has the tag on. Remember that one? Of course. One of our first top sellers, baby. Bullet Club Young, but wow. You remember that? God, the Bullet Club years. That's great. We're on top of the world. Yeah, now Evil's the leader. That's so, right. Uh, that, I, that's, this was the... These were the good old I, actually, right? I actually brought that trip for a reason. I was feeling nostalgic the other day, and I was, yeah. I was thinking about a... Particular time back at the Tokyo Dome Hotel. Yeah, the year was 2016. Oh yeah, boys, thank you for coming into the shop. Love talking shop. Hey, great. Thanks nice for listening. Come on, That's my favorite gimmick. That was great. Oh, that's what we oh, always got. Hey guys, we are on a run. <laughs> we are right on top of the world. Remember, we're gonna remember this run forever. Hey guys, we're Bullet Club. Love to suck it. Lie. Suck it, suck it, yeah. suck it, suck it, suck it. You guys will never turn on us like AJ did. Because we're Bullet Club for life. Fergal Devitt, he screwed us. We're not Prince Devitt. Fergal Devitt screwed us and he went over to New York. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck New York. Yeah, fuck them all. Wow. This isn't really a flashback, is it? I think it's a gimme. I mean, it wouldn't be a flashback. Nick and I are always thinking about the next step, right? And how we take this brand. And, uh, you know how we are. We have this idea where maybe one day we can start our own wrestling company. Oh, Bullet Club Wrestling. Oh, yeah, like, maybe. give or take, Bullet Club Wrestling. Mean, and this isn't going to happen tomorrow. No. It's not going to happen in a year. I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know, four years from now. Maybe. Uh, New Year's Eve 2019, give or take. I don't know. But if, if we did Sounds hypothetically great. start this, would you guys... Come with us. You've always said that. I said the boom is coming. And the boom is here. Who knows? TNT might pick us up. Who knows? I mean, that sounds crazy. I keep saying I want Ted Turner back in the wrestling business. I don't know about all that, boys. Is that possible? I mean, I don't know. But would you guys just think of an uphill thing? 
course. Let's make it official. I love boom. you guys. Hey, we'll boom, love you forever, boom. guys. We love you guys. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you guys forever. Not like those other two pricks. Don't get no hotel. Oh, I love the dumb hotel. Hey, man. Uh, what the fuck are they talking about? You know this bullet club <laughs> thing is, is getting us to New York, right? We're going to go to the fucking vet. Do they do the famous as shit. Yeah, do those little marks not realize it's a work? Jesus. What's going on with them? You sucks. think the TNT wants fucking wrestling after what happened the last time? No. No, fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah, fuck We're no. going to WWE. They're vanilla, vanilla little people is what it is. Well, listen, we don't do spots and bullshit like that. We're going to be famous. We're going to have a role. We're going to tag with fucking Hunter one day. Trust me. I love the fact that you want a team with Triple H. I can't wait. There's two Pauls in that company I don't work with, and I know neither one will fucking lie to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, motherfucker's angry. <laughs> Holy shit. That is fucked, right? <laughs> now they got New York heat watching. There's two Pauls I want to work with in that company. I know neither one of them would lie to me. Oh. That one took me a minute, too. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, that was a great flashback. If that's what you want to call it, yeah. It was a flashback, totally a flashback. No, yeah. it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with those guys next. Oh yeah. So, uh, we spoke about this before, but they they managed to copyright the characters that they used to play in that thing. What was that thing called? Where they were Sex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. What the fuck? Uh, you know the name of it. The parody wrestling they used to do? Southpaw. Oh, yeah. Southpaw. Right, right. Took a second. I was like, wait, ha, huh? who? <laughs> so, Southpaw. You, you watched that shit. I didn't. I know of it. But anyway, Southpaw. These guys, when they left, they bought the copyright of the characters that they were. During Southpaw, and since WWE didn't grab it first, they have it now. God. Yeah. So they announced that they're going to be doing a boner yard match. Uh, with, as, uh, as those characters, as the Sex Ferguson and the Chad Too Bad boner yard match. Oh, God. That's going to be different. That is messed up. It's talking <laughs> Shopamania. This is definitely probably not happening. I'd like to think. Uh, uh, you wouldn't be excited for that for that freaking opening vignette. Two boners entered, one boner leaves. I don't think I would. <laughs> oh my god, that's disturbing. Yeah, these guys are all over the place. They had more activity in the one freaking week that they're around than in the entire time they were on Raw. Jesus Christ. And SmackDown. And yes, wherever SmackDown. else they showed up. Everywhere. Everybody. <laughs> so yeah, they had an unfortunate experience and at least now it's over. Other people who have departed and have moved on include this next person here. Have you seen No Way Jose recently? Yeah, I saw his new look. Yeah, I'm about to see his new look too. I, I almost didn't recognize him at first. Hey, what is this? Here? But at midnight, a 
I am essential. I pledge fidelity to the destruction of my former self. I am not my corporately mandated persona. I am not my material possessions. I am not relying on authority to tell me what is right and what is wrong. I will not let my value be based on comments, likes, or followers. I will not seek affirmation from toxic groupthink. I will not filter my authenticity of self. I am essential. I will speak my truth through words and actions. I will wear betrayal as a wounded battle. I will pursue vengeance with a primitive and relentless force. I vow to find freedom. I vow to find purpose. I vow to create something that will last. I am essential. I control my narrative. Free. Let me laugh. You have been warned. Thought my words exactly the first time I saw it. I was like, okay. Hold on, hold on. Take time, take time. So his new look. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I I don't even know what to think. It's different. Like I saw it for the first time, and like I, you know, I almost didn't recognize him until like three quarters away from the video, and I was like, "Oh, that's Jose." King Quest, he looks, he looks, <laughs> King Quest, he looks like a bad bitch. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, my, holy shit! Thank you, Deus Legend, for the follow. I haven't so you seen you forever. You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, sir. Days doesn't go all the way back to the Far Cry Five days. Good lord! Oh yeah, I remember that. You're right. Yeah. He said he looks like a bad bitch. <laughs> I can't get over that. It's like a. It almost looks like something you would see off of Nilly Vanilli, right? <laughs> or, like a, or like an early Prince style thing here. Motherfucker, look at the next words that come out of his mouth. Like, oh. Whoop. <laughs> Don't ask like, me why I could do that so well. I don't know. <laughs> like, this guy doesn't have a look that I like. It reminds me of Albert. Remember Albert? How I told you there was never an Albert gimmick I didn't hate? Yeah. It's like, I hated Prince Albert. I hated Albert. I hated A-Train. I hated Tensai. I hated fucking... What was the guy he was with? Uh, Brodus A-Hole? All of them. Oh. <laughs> I hated fucking... <laughs> This guy's going on that path for me. Like I didn't like the whole the Jose thing. You know how much I hated Jose. But it's like this just looks strange, man. Look at his next gimmick is Vogue. (laughs) (laughs) New fans are gonna be called the work bitch work. You have nothing for creative. Damn, oh, man. That hair is... Listen. No one try to perm this guy up. He's already straight. <laughs> Josie looks like Ricketts and Crassler. Zoolander. 
Straight. Zoolander, right? He's gonna do that that freaking face thing shit that they do. Remember that shit? Oh God! I forget what they call it. And the the baby does it at the end. That's what he looks like. Like he's doing that look. If I'm no, thinking no, no, of the right he, movie, I might not be thinking of the right movie. He, he, he looks know. like from this point on, he can only take selfies and do the duck face. Oh boy. Ugh. Well, hey. Good luck with that. Is he going somewhere have... or is he already signed? I don't I don't I don't even know. You gotta trick people into a gimmick like that. Like sign with them and then reveal it. <laughs> you, know, you should have went to Impact Regular. They would have taken you as no way Jose and then show up like that. <laughs> Good God, man. That was something else. Anyway, no more No Way Jose talk for now. Getting back to uh, what we were previously talking about during the uh, Slammiversary, EC3 released some sort of a video. Another one. He is a really good producer, right? He keep breaking these shits yeah. out. I don't know if there'll be more. I don't think we need more hints. We know where he's going, so let's just see uh, what the hell this is. Oh, this is specifically on his Facebook. So we have to go to Facebook for this? That's that's a difference right there. <laughs> Come on, EC3. Get with the demographic. No young people are going to Facebook for videos. <laughs> I'm serious, you know? Like, who the fuck's getting their, their, their content from Facebook right now? You see, and I have to try to get this whole Facebook infrastructure to, to launch through our Tron. Thanks a lot. Don't you know all the kids go through TikTok? Yeah. We like to like we like to make sure that the Chinese see it before we do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, I can't believe oh. I got it to run. The hell? I hope I got the right video. Is that him? It has to be, right? Is this the trailer to the new prototype game? Uh, why would you tease me like that? How open world is this shit? You think Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk with a big T? Change the whole tone of this if you made it go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Walking down the street. Uh. Control your narrative. That again, huh? If he's walking with other people, can I come with a EC3 army? 
throwing away foam fingers and shit. What about what he threw his old EC3 finger? He got that on fire. Too loud, and man, turn it down the bell. Are those tools I was ninjas with him? The Why do they always have to be tools I was ninjas? That's the best, it's the best kept secret. Tools I was ninjas. They're like the putty patrol. It doesn't matter what you're doing, they could just suddenly come out, you know? You'd be like, oh. hey guys, want to get a hot dog? Oh man, it's tools I was ninjas. Shit! <laughs> okay. This is very dramatic. You guys can... I'll, I'll throw the whole thing up and you guys can go watch it. I really need to get it off the screen, though. I'm not trying to have a show all night here. Alright, there you go. There's the link to anyone who wants to watch this entire dramatic fucking EC3 thing there. Sorry, didn't know what the hell that was. We're just reviewing people who have left and what has happened to them. Next on the list is Leo Rush. Leo Rush released a video too. Everybody has a producer. Is it one guy that they just? Is it like uh, they probably do their own shit? Or telling me they really to be producing WWE shit? Yeah, I see way more effort put forth. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, Leo Rush. Let's see what the hell his thing is. This is supposedly promoting his final match because he's announced that he's going to have his last match. I don't know if this is a work or what, but last match announced. Rated F for fuck you. Leo Rush really is a fucking idiot. <laughs> what? Leo Rush can get uh, back in the game because right now I think he's sitting on the side. A fool. You're delusional. So busy being a comedian, you forgot you're a Red dumbass. Hardy called Leo Rush a bitch. You know, I don't know. Maybe he is. Apologize. I think Leo Rush is a fucking mental case, and I've been saying that since they you're signed him first. Bad, bad, bad. Your future He's always bad, been a fucking idiot. Nothing but a rookie. Fucking moron! You slithering idiot! You simpering simpleton! You fucking complete slap in the face, abysmally ignorant, mentally handicapped, goof. And that applies to fans and to wrestlers. And to Leo Rush. Interesting. I heard Mark Henry. I heard Booker T. I heard Jim Cornette, of course. I think I heard Conrad. I was like 90% of that. Yeah. Okay. It was creative. He was tied up. Anyone yeah. who's watching on iTunes, he was tied up with his face taped like a hostage, being forced to listen to that shit. I guess was the uh, was the entire narrative of that video, which will also be available on our Twitter. If you're not following, follow the fucking thing. Get with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm being difficult. Shit. Mike Kanellis released footage. Apparently what he said is that it's a common thing for him whenever something's changing in his life. He tapes himself talking about it. So during the point where he asked for his WWE release initially, I'm assuming the one that they declined, he made a video where he spoke about his feelings. And I'm guessing that now he's decided to release this. I'll link you guys to it. See what we got here.
So it's now uh, two days removed. Yeah, two days. It's Wednesday. I asked for my release on Monday. So it's now two days removed since I asked for my release from WWE. Um, and it's kind of a weird feeling tonight because uh, I'm staying out in Massachusetts with my parents uh, because I like to bring Freddie out here at least once a month or once every other month so she can visit her grandparents, my parents. And whenever I come out to Massachusetts, I like to head down to Rhode Island and go to uh, XWA Wrestling Kingdom, which is a school myself and Matt Taven started uh, back when I was in Ring of Honor. I think, or was I in TNA at the point? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, and I like to go down because I like to see everybody that I haven't seen. I like to catch up with Taven. And doing this drive reminds me of when I was a teenager and I would do this drive to New Bedford or uh, for Yankee Pro Wrestling or for uh, Bob Evans School in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And I would do this drive as a teenager and into my early 20s with the dream of making it to WWE. That was the hope. That was the drive. That was the the ultimate motivation. And so now, having attempted to quit my quote-unquote real-life dream job, which was WWE, it's such a weird feeling to do this drive and know that your dream wasn't what you thought it was. It's an incredibly difficult thing to try to digest. I'm not, but I'm not sad, I'm not angry. It's just a weird, weird feeling. And I feel weird and strange. And I don't think I should say weird again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know how to take it. I remember a while ago, back in December, I think, I was talking to Bob Evans my frustrations were still then and boiling up and what are your thoughts on this so far yeah he sounded yeah it's kind of how we figured he was just he sounds burnt out just upset and just not wanting to be a part of that anymore yeah like that that sounds like a guy where all the excitement and joy has just been sucked out of them. Yeah, no, it does. But, uh, you know, you talked about it every week here. You know, There's another video. Let me see if I could get the second one up. Here's a part two. He broke it up into tweets for anyone who's wondering why we're doing it. It ain't me just turning it off. It's boiling up. And, and he said to me, did you fail the dream or did the dream fail you? And uh, that always stuck with me. You know, I don't like to, I'm not blaming anybody. It's just not what I expected. And the thought at 34, you achieved your dream job. And now what? Because it's not what you wanted it to be. And it's not, it's no longer the end game or the ultimate goal. There's got to be something else. There's got to be more. What? What is it? I, I, I don't know, and maybe that's that that strange feeling that I'm I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I agree with what you were saying about him. Yeah, it sounds rough. 
You know, it sounds like Gallows and Anderson also went through it. These guys went through it. You, you know, you're seeing a lot of people now leaving this company. You know, you even got one brother to straighten his fucking hair. <laughs> I can't believe you weren't that bad. Oh my god! You know, motherfuckers went from getting knee pads to curling irons. That's how bad the WWE has been. Oh no, 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 no! Writing it down: knee pads to curling irons. Oh my god! Oh, good lord! Mm-hmm. It is a rough time. Oh, shit. And there is one person whose contract we haven't spoken about that's come up. And his name is John Cena! And Stacey said flat iron. So, yeah, it will be called from... From knee pads to flat iron. Knee pads to flat iron. Yeah, yeah, that's better. That's seriously the first time, and I think, like... Two years, I saw that drop coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually not paying attention enough, but I was like, "Wait, no, here it comes!" Good God, John Cena, his contract was rumored to have expired, but this was apparently just a rumor, a meme that started sweeping the internet, that caused everyone to go into a frenzy. It's like which, John Cena died one that shows him on Wiki every once in a blue moon. Which to this I say, let's just say his contract was up, right? Like, how would it be any different from how it is right now? Right? When was the last time you've seen John Cena? Like in a wrestling match or do something? You know? And no, and no Mania didn't necessarily count as a wrestling match. Like an actual match. Yeah. And I'm sure they could still call upon him and shit, you know? Contract or no contract. Yeah, but it's like it wouldn't be any different if he was or wasn't signed. Yeah. So everyone needs to stop worrying about that. It's fine. And again, even if it was, even if it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, the guy is devoted. I don't see him going anywhere else. They probably can't afford John Cena money. WWE probably can't even afford John Cena money at this point. But what about all those releases, though? They save so much money. Yeah, what about all those releases? <laughs> what happens is they all win better places. That's what happened. <laughs> so in other news, Joey Ryan decided to release a video addressing all of the allegations that have been brought before him. I'm going to let you guys hear just a little bit. This thing was an hour long. I listened to the entire hour, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you my opinion, but I'm going to let you hear just the beginning so you get a general idea of what we got here. This video is for the fans of mine who have shown me support throughout the years and continue to show me support to this very day. I feel like I owe you a bit of clarity so that you don't have to feel any guilt and you don't have to feel any shame from giving me your support. The reason I've been silent thus far is that my therapist asked me to take a mental health break from social media, and my attorney asked me not to comment on any of the allegations because of the severity of some of them until he had a chance to review them and review all of the evidence that I have to dispute them. And since no legal action is being taken, 
I'm going to address them in this video. I also felt like it was important to respect the movement and allow these women the opportunity to speak and be heard about how they feel and how they felt. But I do believe people should be held accountable for fabricating stories or changing the narrative of stories just so they can be a part of the movement. As many of you know from my initial statement, I've been in therapy since the separation with my ex-wife nearly two years ago. I took it very hard and I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and self-realization and learning a lot about me. Uh, I attend therapy each and every week and I'm getting better each and every day. I know that therapy is about progress and not perfection, but I do wanna make one thing perfectly clear. I have never had sex with a woman without her consent. I have never acted criminally towards a woman and I have never acted criminally with sex. And unlike these allegations, I have actual evidence that can show you that. I also want it clear that I have always been able to separate business from my personal life. I have never used any clout or any, uh, any kind of influence I have in wrestling to get people to do anything that they don't wanna do, or I've never used it for personal gain. I've always been outspoken about wrestling traditions that I don't believe in, like the handshake or even kayfabe itself. Um, I've also been outspoken against veterans of mine who I do, do not agree with. I do not believe that tenure creates respect. I believe you have to earn respect. So I'm not gonna hold anybody to any unwritten wrestling rules that I don't believe in myself. I've also never been sexually charged during a wrestling match. I've never been turned on with wrestling. It's a completely different mindset. I use a controversial style with dick flips and uh, intergender wrestling because it creates the most buzz and is a proven draw. And my entire career has been self-sustained by the amount of buzz that I can create. When all these allegations started, uh, I thought I was going crazy because I was reading all these stories about me that were very, very, very different from how I remember them happening. It's only when I went back and read old text messages and old direct messages and, and looked up old receipts that I found that I have evidence, actual clear-cut evidence to dispute nearly every single one of these allegations against me. And uh, I know there's a lot of them, and I think a lot of people get taken aback by the amount of allegations against me, but uh, there's not 20 women accusing me of sexual misconduct. A lot of these are flirting or being inappropriate, and there's maybe four uh, actual accusations of sexual assault. Um, but I'm going to get into all of that with full transparency because I know that I have the truth on my side and uh, that has to mean something. Um, I'm willing to take the lashes for my behavior and all I'm asking you to do is take a look at the actual evidence presented. I wanna start off with a couple of allegations that are completely unfounded and have no validity to them. Uh, first being uh, Primiu, who says that I actively pursued his fiance and was instrumental in helping ruin his life. Um, first of all, I didn't even know who this person is or was. I had to do some investigating to find out who they are and who their fiance was. And uh, all of my interactions with uh, this woman, including her trip to Los Angeles, uh, she never brought him up once, never mentioned that she had a boyfriend or a fiance. So I don't know how he can pin his relationship woes on me. Um, he also posted an anonymous story from a friend of his who says, I assaulted her on a Tinder date in 2015. Uh, well, first of all, I wasn't even on Tinder um, and I don't know how I can prove that, but I'm sure uh, an attorney or judge could very easily with a court order. Um, and also in 2014 or 2015, anytime I would have been on the East Coast, uh, Candace would have been traveling with me 
and there's absolutely no way I would have ditched her to go on a date. Um, and then there is a fan who says that uh, I propositioned him to grab my penis and grabbed at his penis at the merch table. Yeah, so um, these are completely. Gonna stop it right here. So here's the thing: I, I listened to the entire thing with Joey Ryan here. And uh, he puts text messages up on the screen of all of these interactions and conversations that he had with every single victim. Like, he goes into details. He puts up, like, the whole text and scrolls through and lets you see it. And just from what I gather, unless he completely fabricated these messages, which is doubtful when you just look at the way they were used in the context and the way the phone's displayed on the screen... None of these, like, these girls were all over this dude. Like, before and after the dates that they alleged these abuse cases. You see nothing but them hitting this guy up. Hey, where are you? Are you going to be in town? Can we go to the hotel? Can we do this? Like, every single one of these. And he admits to things that he does. Like, he's definitely had somewhat of a promiscuous lifestyle. Like, one of the girls, uh, I believe Alley Cat was her name. He winds up having some sort of a threesome with her and another girl. And he talks about how it was consensual. He brings up a lot of the consensual stuff. But, dude, there's even points in this, Destin, where the word consensual is in the text message. Where, like, the girl says to him, like, he's like, he asked permission and the girl's like there's nothing wrong with it being consensual with with, with with seeking it being consensual something like that i'm paraphrasing but literally if you you can judge but i i've seen a lot of uh slack that he was getting over the weekend when he posted this up like a lot of people saying who thought that what who made him think that this would be a good idea and now he looks even worse and i thought it would be bad like i'm thinking oh god like what did he do what did he say and then we really watch it, and it's like there's just a lot of evidence here, man, that these he these people were just interacting with him on a regular basis, and there's not much evidence to the contrary. One of the girls he even mentions, and he brings up, he shows one of her own statements. She had to, uh, re- basically recall statements. She had to take back statements that she said. I believe about Trent Seven or Trent Beretta, one of the Trents. I forget which one. But she had to take the statements back. You know? Like they were disproven. And like a lawyer or something made her have to take that shit back legally. Just to make an official statement. Because she got busted bullshitting. And that's one of the other people that accused them. But this guy, he spends the hours showing proof of interactions with these people, proof of them engaging him in interactions, too. Like, not really, very rarely in the text that I saw was he the guy saying, hey, what's up? Like, they were the people going, hey, what's up? You want to do this? You know, like, you know, and he was sort of uh, obliging them a lot of the time. Just from what I read, a lot of it, unless this was completely fabricated, which would be absolutely insane at this point. A lot of the stuff that this guy was saying, and and I find it that, you know what I think happens, man? I think a lot of people saw this. One person was like, who thought that this would be a good idea? And then someone else retweeted and was like, yeah, who thought that this would be a good idea? And then everyone was like, yeah, this was stupid. Can you believe he made the video? But did anyone actually sit and watch the whole hour like I did? I don't think they did, man. I think they Probably not. You know, I sat and listened to the fucking guy for an hour to make sure of what was being said. And it's... It, it definitely sounds honest and he presents proof of interactions with these people and he discloses very intimate information and I am inclined to believe him 
There's a lack of evidence with the opposing party. The guy I mean, it's, pre- it's pretty easy to believe the person who brings actual proof. You're entitled to disagree with me, and by all means, you can DM me and tell me why. I'll, I'll, I'll use your feedback on a future episode if anyone does. But I'm just saying, looking at this objectively, like the guy had a lot of information, you know, that the other side didn't have, and no one because we're supposed to because we're supposed to believe the first thing they say. Yeah, you know. And the thing with me that I always find interesting in a lot of these cases is that they're interacting with him after the date. And that's not the first, he's not the first person we've seen that with where it's like, yeah, but here they are hanging out with the person later on from when it happened. Like, what? It's just something strange. And again, that doesn't mean that it's not possible that it happened. Thank you, Uncle Louis TV, for the host. That doesn't mean that it's not something that possibly happened. You know? It just mean didn't happen rather, but I'm choosing to to based on the evidence presented and based on what he presented to to go with this guy as being uh, someone's trying to take advantage of the guy. I could be wrong, and I'm entitled to be wrong, but I'm not believing every victim. And this is one of the cases that to me, I uh, I feel he defended himself, and I'd like someone to point out to me where exactly in here did it seem like he didn't defend himself properly. You know, yep. like where exactly is the problem where it's like, OMG, why did he put this out there? Because I'm open to discussion about it. You know, if you can just say, hey, you know, this is what this is what was wrong. This is why it was wrong. Let's talk. But I mean, at the end of the day, he brought up all this evidence. What's the evidence from the other side besides like what? Like one text message that they could have just easily thrown something out of context. Whereas this guy gave an hour worth of stuff. I believe the guy who brought the hour worth of stuff way more than the person who said one thing one time. And it's a lot of text messages and things, you know. It just sounds like a situation where it was a fling that got free. Just the same thing, same thing with the Matt Real thing. It was a fling. One side was over it and the other side got bitter. Hate to be that blunt about it, but I mean... As a person who knows people who've gone through it personally, but trust me, like you bring that little evidence, you're not looking good on that end. And that's what essentially looks like is what happened here. At the end of the day, if you have all the evidence in the world, and you don't, you can come forward, but then not bring said evidence out. Was the evidence even really there? Whereas this guy, it's really this is the first time we've heard from him since all this has been going on, and he even went as far as give a reason why. Nobody's heard from him yet. Yeah, he did. And he also goes on to talk about how they cost him his job with Impact Wrestling when they and who Impact put out a statement saying that they were gonna investigate all the claims and they never did. They never reached out to him, never attempted to contact him before releasing him via email and also chasing clout by releasing a public statement about it. And he said that his contract also states that Impact cannot release him for anything that took place before signing the contract and that all of these allegations are from before he signed with Impact Wrestling and that those are things that he has to consider. And he's still thinking about and considering any legal recourse that he has to take against any of these accusations. So, you know. There's evidence to the contrary of of the accusers, but there's not evidence, uh, basically for that, them. You know, yeah, there's not there's not evidence that lines up with 
what they say. He seemed like an open book about it, man. And yeah, there was some yeah. sexual stuff that happened that he brings up. He talks about the sexual, consensual sexual things that happened. And then he goes on to present more evidence of people interacting, screenshots of him with the people at events afterwards, you know, text from them talking to him and con- continuing the relationship. So just got to look at both sides here. You know, that's all I'm saying. Got to look at both sides objectively. None of us were there. We can never know for certain, but we definitely can't just be throwing people under the bus right away and assuming that this is just what happened. And I think that this is an unfortunate case here, you know, but if they really feel that strongly about it, they should go to the cops, go to the cops right now, go to the cops. Cops are there. Right. They want evidence, but they're there. (laughs) Like you said, they want evidence. I'm I'm just, I, I guess it's, you almost gotta be realistic about it. Like, it sounds like these girls were full of shit. <laughs> what are the cops, man? No one's stopping you. Because I'm not saying he doesn't know the one constant thing he knows. You notice you how many often how often do you hear him going to the cops? Yeah. Because I mean, if you got nothing to hide, why you ain't going to the cops? Mm-hmm. But they but nobody want to have that conversation, man. I'm just supposed to believe him. That's the way it works. You just take everybody at face value now. You always believe the victims, which, like I said, is just a strange philosophy. In other news, Kelly Klein called out Ring of Honor because they didn't do anything with her investigation because she was a witness to inappropriate behavior from Jay Lethal. She tweeted out, when do we get the update? What's Marty doing to be part of the solution? And she goes into 2018 and says, HR questioned me regarding Taylor Hendricks' claims against Jay Leto. I confirmed details I witnessed. HR lied to Taylor, said no one confirmed anything. Maybe this is this will be a real quote-unquote investigation. And she said, that's when I found out my own complaint brought to Guy Lind, H. Johnston, and Jay Koff had never been forwarded to HR. There was no investigation. H. Johnson provided my name to Jay, who was allowed to create a hostile work environment for me, and I was forced to accommodate him. So, uh, go to the cops. If they're not doing, if they're not doing anything, you know, and which also, this is years later, go to the cops right now. Let's go to the cops. Everybody lawyer up and get to the cops. There's no way we civilians, we podcasters and gamers and streamers and wrestling fans, it is not fucking fair to us to have to sort this one way or the other. Now, what taxes are for? I know some people don't believe in the system, but nonetheless, there is a system in place. Go to the fucking cops. That's going to be my answer on here. I'm kind of sick of hearing this shit. Yeah, cops are busy with protesters. Go Go to somewhere. Go to the cops. Why is everyone doing this during a pandemic? Because it gets them fucking attention. Why are there protesters at the worst like, time on the planet for there to be protesters in the pandemic and all sorts of shit? You know what I mean? Stop. Like, everyone fucking time out for a minute. It, it seems it seems like it's just an excuse not to go to the cops. All oh, the cops are busy with protests. They want to tie with me. So I'll go to social fucking media and just ruin somebody's day. <laughs> Unbelievable. Alright, I guess that's it for that topic. <laughs> yeah. 
you know i mean it's the best suggestion i could come up with you know because no one's going to be able to sort through shit from years later especially you want you want a wrestling company to do and run an investigation these people are these people are here to book wrestling and have your jobs you know what i mean and it's like if they're not able to do it because beyond their pay grade go to the fucking police Could have gone to the police right when shit happened. Think of what you're asking. You're asking a wrestling company to run a criminal investigation and asking them for an update. What the fuck? What kind of investigation? Just calling people into their office and asking them questions and shit? Is that it? Is that the extent of the investigation? Like, is there evidence? Like, when she asks for an investigation, does she mean, like, besides just having different people come in and be like, yep, I was there? I've seen it. I've seen it. Here, here, here it goes. I've seen it too. I seen everything. I ain't want to gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. Like, fuck exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like, what exactly would the investigation entail? Is there evidence to be presented? Because that's the first thing that you need in investigation. If I was to ask you right now, pop quiz, what's the first thing you need in investigation? It would be evidence. So is there evidence that needs to be presented from someone to be investigated or just interviewing people? That's not an investigation. That's an or aspect of it. just full of shit. Like... I don't know if she is or not, but that's because there was an investigation and I haven't seen any evidence. Go to the cops. Like, it, it's, it, it's getting to the point where I'm starting to like, I, I hate to get to this point. I'm starting to believe where it's like, if you don't come through with some evidence, you're full of shit. I don't want to say that, say that like, but I'm saying to, to solve your issues, yeah, go to the cops. If your house was on fire, you would go to the fireman, right? You would call 911 and ask for a fire yeah. truck. You know what I mean? You wouldn't go on Twitter and ask the fans. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine that? Somebody calls Gabe Zabowski like, because their house is on fire? Somebody's house catches like, on fire, they're immediately going to call the proper people to handle that shit. My house is on fire, Ron. What are you going to do? I'm going to call Paul, Paul Heyman. Yeah, like, I hate to be so blunt about it, but it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, where's my, where, where, where's my point where I'm supposed to be like, okay, something's not right here. If the same wrestler who's a, who did this alleged stuff to somebody came to the person's house and threw a fucking Molotov cocktail through their window. They wouldn't call their wrestling booker or manager and be like, he just threw a Molotov cocktail. They would call 911 so fucking fast because they know exactly who's supposed to deal with this. When you got, when you have criminal activity, call the cops. But then the cops will ask for evidence. Yeah, you know. No one knows what they want to do anyway. Everybody wants to be in charge. It's cheaper to just fuck somebody's life up than to take legal grounds. And I'm not saying that that's always what's happening. I've told you before, you got to take it on a case-by-case basis. Obviously, there's victims out there, which our, heart goes, our hearts go out to. But there's also people who take advantage of the system. And I'm just saying that for those people who are maliciously using the system, it's way cheaper than putting out a fucking case with a lawyer. To just go on Twitter and be like, ha, take that. But just remember, karma comes back around. And that's way more expensive to deal with. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, as you guys know, Conan and Disco Inferno do a podcast. And it's been going around the sheets. All the buzz all over the IWC. That they buried, quote unquote, dragged Kenny Omega in their uh, podcast. 
Oh, add another one to the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to hear that first before we determine whether or not that's accurate. And then we can talk about it afterwards. Let's hear a clip from it. And then uh, I'm going to link you guys to the entire show so you could listen to it. So we had a discussion about Kenny Omega before he went on to um, what he called before he went to AW. Or we were talking about if he's even would he be going to WWE like at the point he was becoming a free agent before AW started? We, didn't, we I don't think we knew that AW was going to be a thing. Then I think they came out of nowhere with that announcement. But I said all along, Roger just had like anybody that's you know, you know if you're a mark and is not in this business, and if you're just training to wrestle, or if you're just an independent wrestler, bro, there's it's night and day the amount of skills you have to have to do weekly. Um, American television, or to or as opposed to just having a wrestling match, you have to be able to deliver in promos. You have to be able to uh, um, sell facials and stuff. Everything there's just there's just a lot of skills you have to have to do weekly television. Kenny Omega does not cut a good promo. Okay, so it's very it's it's become difficult for him to elevate himself onto the level of, of, of Jericho, Moxley, and stuff. Everything because his mic skills are not close to those guys. So the thing is, it's like he's just doing – he does what he does. Goes out there and has a match with the, the, the V-triggers. He's very athletic. He just, yeah. you know, stuff. And to the point that, like, even, like, bro, we're trying to, like – like, when we talked about this before, it's like, hey, your character's not doing very good right now. Let's give you a squash match. Let's get over. And he couldn't even really get over the squash match because he didn't understand. It's like, I, hey, I'm not here to, you know, to make this guy look good and have a good match. I'm here to put myself over as a superstar. And he just didn't understand the psychology. You know, so it's like he just, you know, if you've never done American TV, it's just very difficult to understand the psychology of what you have to do in the ring and on the mic on American TV. And he, he hadn't gotten it yet. You know? But let me show you the difference. <clears throat> so we brought him to Mexico and we brought him in uh, Triple Mania. He'd never been in Mexico before. Nobody had ever seen him before unless you were a hardcore mark, which is the minority of our because we're like WWE. Like the majority of our fans are like marks. Uh, uh, right. So still think it's right. a percentage eleven. Right. They're, they're into the suspension disbelief. Right. Mostly hundred percent. Right. So, right. So he came into Triple Mania, and I put him in a match with guys that I know. There are guys that I know that if I put them in this match, the match is going to be good. It's going to get over, and you know they just know how to perform, bro. It was Pentagon, Phoenix, and Laredo, three excellent performers in Mexico against the Young Bucks, who'd already been there and had a great match and had good chemistry, and Kenny Omega. Bro, Kenny Omega just outworked everybody. And I was like, wow, and the fans noticed it. Without no promos, we did some promos, but uh, we would put subtitles. You know, I would just... Yeah, because he's American. It's like it's different. Right, right, right. right. He came back. He had a match with Phoenix that was incredible, okay? And then we brought him the Monterey Bro, he was the most over guy on the super pack show. He was like a god boy when he came out. The place was going fucking nuts because of the aura we've built around him. We put him against the best workers that we have in Mexico, and we're willing to bring guys from the U.S. and then let him go out there and do what he does best. When he's in a ring with a long with a lot of people in a long match, he knows how to get people into the match. He knows how to – bro, he spends a lot of time – going over the match so his match won't look like another match that he's had before. He's very rare a breed, bro. I have a mega respect for Omega, but in Mexico, he's mega over. So what's the problem here then? Yeah, I think one of the problems is his promos isn't on the level of the other guy's 
promo, and I don't think he's been pushed as a star. He's just pushed as another guy that knows how to work, like eighteen other guys that know how to work. Like what the, makes yeah, him, like what makes him his, different? What makes him different than anybody else, bro? What have they done? Yeah, what do you think of that opinion there? So, yeah, in AEW, he hasn't necessarily been pushed as if he's larger than life. Like, when you're watching AEW, that's the guy you're going to see. But the guy is over no matter where he goes. If he goes to Pluto, Kenny Omega's fucking over. And I don't know about other people, but when I hear Kenny Omega's on the card, I'm not giving a shit what he's going to say. I don't feel because like they I were very I, because hostile. Because I didn't come here and watch Kenny talk. I don't feel like they were very hostile about their opinion, though. Like, they made it sound like yeah. they buried the guy. Like, if anything, Conan put him yeah. over about how talented he was. They just both... Yeah, they, they, him, it it wasn't, and, like, some brutal, like, Jim Cornette rundown. Yeah. Like, him no, and Disco just, just both don't think he's a good promo. Yeah. They don't think that he, he knows how to sustain the attention of an American audience with a promo. Do you think that's accurate? See that one I don't that one I gotta disagree with him on. Because with Kenny, the way Kenny wrestles, like we've said before, Kenny could have a five star match with a broomstick, a broken one at that. His style is something that at least before I'd seen him, I hadn't seen very much in the States. Everything he does from his V triggers to his rise of the Terminators to the one winged angel, everything like that, I feel like when it comes to Omega, I feel like he can virtually get over just about anywhere. Well, hopefully, yeah. He says, King Quest says, Disco can't talk because he was never a good wrestler. You know what, Disco, I I can't say that. He was never uh, more than a mid-carder, I guess. He was good for the mid-card. But Omega, as far as being able to get over, I don't feel like he's been put in a position in AEW to have the presence that he had in New Japan. I'm not exactly sure yeah. what it is. But uh yeah, it's it's just something he just seems like a background character there with the way they're promoting him and the things that they're doing. I guess it would take like a big few to put him over, but I mean didn't AEW start with him versus Jericho? Yeah, they uh, they well they carried that feud over from Japan. And somehow it just nothing. So, so like, like by the time he got right? to AEW, they caught it on the tail end. But it's not to say he couldn't get over. You throw him in the right situation, that guy's going straight to the moon. It's just he hasn't been in said right situation, mostly because AEW is giving giving the newer faces more of the opportunities to shine. I think. Which is one thing I've always we I've on many a times on the air I've given them credit for. They're going to need to establish themselves a little bit more. I have nothing against AEW. They're doing good, but they're going to need to uh, have a little bit more foundation to their storylines going forward for it to work. Not just for Kenny Omega, but for anybody. And it's not that what they're doing isn't good. It's just that I get that wrestling is something that you're going to see every week or whatever, as long as it lasts. But I almost feel like they're booking to, I don't know to what end they're booking. Like I don't feel like there's much direction in the storylines that they're developing. And lack of direction isn't always good. I mean, sure, you don't make as many bad decisions as the competition. But I just really can't think of any progression in any storylines or any continuity that matters in AEW. Aside from mainly Jericho stuff with the inner circle. 
that's the only continuity that really has any continuity. You have the uh, the stuff with Adam Page, I guess, if we wanted to bring up another thing. Adam Page's conflicted, reluctant relationship with the elite. But then all of the other guys in the middle, they're just kind of wrestling. And they kind of more or less have gimmicks that are entertaining. But there's not really any direction in these feuds. I kind of felt like, oh, my boy Ty Dillinger over here. Sean Spears. I, I really like what they were doing with him and Tully. And how they used that botched uh, gimmick chair that they hit Cody with to get him over make him like really mean and then having Tully there as like you know one of the horsemen bringing you out and shit the intro was cool and then it just didn't go anywhere you know what I mean like he still does that when you see him when you don't see him whatever you know they they made it that this guy who's such a badass that was able to do this the solution for him uh to get over was to give him a fucking loaded glove you know what I mean oh we know what it is that you need even though you're tough you need a loaded glove like it was just weird like just some of their booking decisions lately have just been sort of stagnant and devoid of any kind of direction. I think Kenny Omega suffers from a lot of that. The build-up to stuff isn't really that good. And then the things that they do build up to uh, don't work that well either. Like, Moxley should not have been fighting that guy. That dude is green as shit. Yeah, well, that's why he's going to be out pretty soon. So. <laughs> they built him up for a while for that fight. And it was like, that dude is green. He looks green when he's in the ring. Like, he looks really what? green. Not just, like, what, what? promising green, but, like, green, you know? What, what what bothers me about it is Cage has been around for a minute, but Cage ain't been nowhere when the light's been on bright. The second the lights were on, it all went to shit. Like, Cage, Cage has been in places where he didn't have to worry about the pressure where he was like in Lucha Underground, where not that many people watched. And then he was in Impact during one of their darkest periods. And now he's here, where the world's freaking watching him. And then it's just, it's like he can't handle it. Maybe like, it, it's, al- it, it's almost, it's actually, it's worse than being green. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Which, got, which that, is- that's what I, I can guarantee that's what it is, because I've seen him better in other places. I don't know what happened when he got to AEW. Which, if we're going to talk about it, let's get into the weeklies a little bit with this AEW Dynamite. Not really a Dynamite. This was another special. Now, three weeks in a row, AEW Fight for the Fallen took place this past July 15th, Wednesday. And uh, I do appreciate the very honest locker room with JR bringing up that Tony Schiavone is missing because although he's fine, his COVID test was late. There was, I guess, some difficulty with him getting certain results back. You know, where it's like they yeah, didn't try not to hide enough things from anybody. Yeah. Uh, the first match was the title match. It was Cody Rhodes versus Sonny Kiss. With the uh, finish being Rhodes giving uh, Sonny Kiss probably one of the nastiest crossroads I've ever seen in my life. He plants his <laughs> face. Destroys that crossroad has some malice to it. <laughs> you know, very crazy. I did like Sonny Kiss's little cheerleader intro. You know, very That was dope as shit. That- you know. Um, when Sonny Kiss hit that split from the top rope, she, which, by the way, he, by the way, misses Cody. You got Jr., who goes, uh, that would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jr., I don't think you're doing a top rope split. I, I fucking love Jr. <laughs> uh, Cody hits the Alabama slam, and Jr.'s like, is that a Bob Holly move? Oh, and I'm like, my. <laughs> yes, Jr. It is a Bob yeah. Holly move. Holly took Rhodes under his wing in an early WWE storyline. That's how he got the move when they were together. You remember? You, you were, were there. You were fucking there. 
<laughs> You've seen it. Yes, Alabama Slam, Bob Holly move. Just the same way the, the fucking Miz, the same way the Miz has the figure four. This this happens in wrestling, and you were there for that Wait. one. So I don't I don't know what the fuck that was about, but yes, the Bob Holly move. And for years, for years, it has been Cody Rhodes' move. I love how you took that so personally. Like, <laughs> it's just that Bob Holly's been retired for what over a decade, and Cody Rhodes had the move since before Bob Holly retired, and I think he uses it once a match. There are probably people who were born. There are probably people who were born, turned eighteen, got married, and are expecting or have had kids. They don't know that the Alabama Slam came from Bob Holly. That's how long Cody Rhodes had it. You know, (laughs) hey, that could have been the reason. (laughs) Commentary. Oh, y'all don't know if they're being funny. Sometimes I think they're just being funny, man. It has to be. You know what? I've got, I've got that I've got that tone a lot of the times. Like I feel like every now and then Jr. just throws out one just because he knows he'll get a laugh. Yeah, right. That so, that, that commentary team's a little bit more like relaxed. Yeah, it's also crazy, by the way. Cody hitting the fucking vertebraker and Sonny kicks out of that. Yeah, his uh, dens fire, I believe he calls it. And I was like, yeah. And uh, what, was, what was interesting was Cody was working like a heel and he was showing tremendous frustration throughout this. He even at one point he removes the turnbuckle in rage, which backfires and Sonny winds up sending Cody into it. Uh, you know, there were just moments here where he was working like a heel, which I thought was interesting that he got hot like that. But then at the end of it, it sort of gets deflated because he shows good sportsmanship and he winds up hugging Sonny. So it was a, yeah, I just it, thought it was a weird, weird, interesting thing. There was like he, him and Arn didn't seem to be on the same page. There were certain little miscommunications. He showed frustration and did something that was uncharacteristic of his babyface persona. And then at the end, it was all right again. Uh, I don't know if that was a tease of something or if it's just them showing. It looked like I like it. You know, but we'll have to see exactly where the hell that goes. Interesting uh, storyline going on there, though. Uh, we had the Lucha Bros against FTR. Uh, the finish here being Dax uh, pulling off Phoenix's mask, which causes him to lower his defenses, and they small package the guy. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Gotcha. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, no motherfuckers kill people for that shit. <laughs> Did, uh, WWE guys. What was that spot? Did Phoenix Styles clash Pentagon onto. Bold FTR guy. I don't know the, which one's like Dax that. and yeah, which one's... He, I think it was a Dax. Yeah, he... He did, right? It was the weirdest... Yo, the combinations those two do are just weird. <laughs> Gotta love how... That, kept, okay, go ahead. I was gonna say, that's like level of like comp tag team combinations you only see from a pair of brothers. Yeah. You gotta love how uh, it kept cutting to... Uh, Butcher and Blade, like we really give a fuck about their take on this match. Like, I wonder what Butcher and Blade are thinking. You know, they're probably thinking, "Man, I wish I was that over." I like when the FTR reversed uh, Phoenix's Hurricane Rana into that top rope Steiner Bulldog. Really cool spot there. <laughs> Homage to the great. Steiner Bros. Yo, the strength of him for to be able to pull that move. Uh huh. Like Wheeler grabbed him, counted the Hurricane Rana, picked him up, walked him to the corner. Tagged in Dax and then got in position. Yes, very cool. So <laughs> guys... so much power. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the match, the Young Bucks are, uh, they show up at that Butcher and Blade spot because they were in the, I guess they were in the parking lot out back or something. And they wound up super kicking both of them. And they, they come to the ring with Kenny Omega and they're offering the keys back to the truck, uh, to the to the FTR's truck. I'm assuming that the Butcher and the Blade guy had their keys. 
which is why they were out yeah, there. They, 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 they stole them. the truck. So they managed to get the keys back, and then they gave it to them. And they have this little interesting sequence where Omega, who was straight edge, was going to drink one time in celebration of this friendly rivalry that they were going to have together. And just when he's about to take this drink, FTR pours the beer onto his head. Real scumbag move, FTR. Real scumbag move. That's after they gave you the key, the keys back, and they were going to drink with a guy who doesn't like drinking. You know, you know how serious that shit is. And then it, after that, they get back in their own truck, which I can't figure out for the life of me why it looked like they were having difficulty starting their own truck, and then it just cuts away. I think it. I, I think they legit were. You know, I I, was, I thought it was going to be an angle where it was going to be like, oh, but we got you because we're the elite and we fuck with your truck. But nope, it was just that they legit couldn't get that shit started. Then it just cut away. I noticed. Fucking truck. Fucking truck explodes. D. Elite. D. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mr. Dax did like a little bit of a tease. I don't know if you caught that. They were, it was the, He got the internet a buzzing. But if you look very carefully during this match, I'm gonna bring it up on you. Resourceful to say the least, if nothing else. Did did oh, let's play one with Resourceful to say the least, if nothing else. See, that was deliberate. Yep. He did a little four horsemen tease there. The there match. has been a rumor going around that a four horseman stable is coming to AEW. Yes. So we would have these two. Now, have have you heard the names that have been thrown around for this one? These two, Adam Page, who's the fourth? I mean that's, the, that's what I would be thinking. <laughs> I've been hearing, I've been hearing Adam Page possibly, but the combination I've been hearing thrown around a little bit more is Sean Spears, FTR, and Cody. That would be cool too. I like that. It's because and it's literally it's Cody and it's the whole deal with Cody's tie with his dad, Tully being Sean's managers, and I mean these guys would fit right in with a four horseman type stable. I'm liking it. I'm liking what that's star doing. power all over the place. <laughs> yeah. See, that's something to look forward to. I like that. Yeah, I really like that. So, uh, there's an inner circle promo coming up, and uh, I can't believe Jericho used the ratings heat in this promo once again I with the eight hundred forty nine. Really. Come on, just please stop uh-huh. it. And he he did it again this week. We'll get into the ratings later, but he did it again this week where he went back on Twitter and come, oh, look, we won in the 18th to 49. Like, just stop, man. What does what the world become? Is our, where we're bragging. Come on, Jericho. You're, you're, you're better than that. Uh, there was a botch with his promo where he said that there's never going to be a rematch between Cassidy and Orange. Well, <laughs> whoops. I don't he was better with Jericho. I almost believe he meant to do it. Yeah. And, uh, he pours a little OJ out for the homie, I guess, is what was happening here. I was, when they came out, I was like, why the fuck do they have a whole thing of OJ later? Yeah, Cassidy appears down the ramp. And he gives a thumbs down. And then Batista slams Jericho down. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then a whole bunch of orange just rains orange juice. Hallelujah. And we got good old Ortiz doing his best impression of Vince swimming upstream against Austin's beer bath. It's kind of funny, too, because did you hear about what Jericho originally wanted to do? But Uh, because of the way that building set up, they couldn't do it. What was it he wanted? They wanted to reenact the beer bash. The fucking, uh, when when he drowned the corporation in beer. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But they wanted to have Cassidy come out and do fucking, yeah. They they wanted to originally do that with a truck and everything. 
Yeah, but we couldn't. But well, good enough. Of the though. way that building set up, they couldn't do it. Enough. It's it great though that Ortiz, the guy who can't swim, was drowning in orange juice. That's you know, they let the one guy who was having the difficulty with the swimming in the last gimmick start start paddling around on the ground here. So there's continuity right there, huh? Huh? <laughs> that motherfucker's so funny. And then to add insult to injury, when Jericho asked for a towel and they hand him one, somehow it's a giant Cassidy face. It means at some point he got in their locker room and he swapped the towel in anticipation yeah, fucking, of this moment. That's good stuff. Yeah, fucking Orange Cassidy with Abercrombie and Finch towel. Like, what? For a guy who doesn't care that much, he fucking cares. He fucking cares. <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody ever complain about that man again. That was you gold. Know? Yeah, look at how much trouble that shit was. It would usually take a whole stable to set up that kind of shit. He did it all by himself and fucked everybody over. Good for him. <laughs> and use orange juice after you guys joked about it. So that was some definite God. getting your heat back if I've ever seen it before. Can we just thank the wrestling world that we have Orange Cassidy right now? Because I swear to God. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. So the elite, the, the elite versus the Jurassic Express. Finish the Express <laughs> Yeah, finish here being the V-Trigger and the one-winged angel on Marco Stunt, who put up a little bit too much of a believable fight at the end of this. It was kind of like, come on. I get it. And this is what I'm talking about with Omega, and I see what they're saying. You want to put everybody over, but holy shit. You know, Marco Stunt should have been dead hours ago. You know? It became <laughs> like a battle at the end. Indestructible. You know. And while the match is going on backstage, you have the FDR, FTR who's joining Hangman for a drink. This is once again sort of foreshadowing this friendship with them. Remember, I told you one of the one of the AWs recently went off the air where it was like Hangman standing with FTR, with the Buck standing with Omega, and they were like all nose to nose. And like you know, it seemed like he, he's like a drinking buddy with them. This was another moment where he's like hanging with them for a drink. You know, so interesting stuff. Uh, the craziest, the two spots actually that stuck out to me that were nuts in this match. It's kind of funny because I follow Matt Jackson on Instagram, and he even said, like, these Canadian destroyers are killing them. Yeah. That fucking one they hit was yes. wild. Very crazy springboard alley oh, Canadian destroyer from the from off of the back of, of he springboard. So that's basically what I would call it, a springboard alley Canadian destroyer off the back of Jungle Boy. Yeah. That was very, very cool. Also, also com- nice triple team, Tiger Driver 98 from the Elite on the Luchasaurus. Oh, yeah. You need three people to do that. Yeah, for his big ass, right? <laughs> this Jurassic Express is nuts. Like, some of the... Oh, my God. What did they do at one point? I think, if I can remember the order correctly, I want to say uh, Jungle Boy threw Stunt into Luchasaurus, who popped him back into um, Jungle Boy, and then he tossed him back into almost like what started to be a reverse DDT, Jungle Boy knocks off one of the bucks and then spins Marco around for a tornado DDT. It was the most fluid, crazy thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was solid shit. <laughs> these guys were fantastic. Great all around. That's what I expect from these two stables. So, really good match yeah. here. Like, that was the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, what did I miss? Next, we get the Nightmare Sisters with Dustin. Against Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. So for starters, these girls had a match on AEW Dark. This is uh, for anyone that doesn't know, which you probably shouldn't because they just made this shit up. It's Brandy and Allie because Allie's technically a sister through her relationship with what's his name? Uh, QT Marshall. QT Marshall, who is somehow part of the Rhodes family. 
doesn't make any fucking sense, I know. So, the match that they had on AEW Dark, because I know we didn't talk about Dark in here, but the match that they had, uh, it was literally Ali doing all of the heavy lifting, and then Brandy coming in at the end doing a spear and a cover. And they just sort of, it was booked funny because they seemed to, like, accept her at the end, where it was kind of, oh, pretty good, and everybody seemed to just sort of have some sort of an allegiance there and then they have this match on dynamite and it's different because now they're once again really not liking each other which makes you wonder why would this even be a team like why are we making a reluctant team out of two people no one forced them to be together so it's just weird that two people that don't like each other are now together as a team here and uh that other girl mj jenkins she should be in nightmare too because her hair was a nightmare you know yeah like like (laughs) paris hilton fucked my little pony or something i don't know what the hell's going on there you know (laughs) That was the true nightmare collective, collective hairstyles. Where did that conversation, where did that comparison come from? I don't wow. Know. I don't know. Paris and My Little Pony. Oh my God. Anyway, here's here's uh, freaking Brandy trying again with another thing. God help us. Moving along. Nyla Rose's announcement. She finally reveals who her manager is, and it is Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, Vicky's first real thing in AEW. What a waste. Vicky is the mouth, the mouthpiece. Nyla is the last person that needs a mouthpiece. Give her to, to one of those other dry bitches that we got. You know how many, yeah. how many girls need a mouthpiece in that company right now? And they give it to the one girl who, whenever she says a promo, it's like, wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my drawback. Like, I, I like the combination of those two, but it's like Nyla doesn't need a mouthpiece. Of all the people. Of all the people. Like, the only thing I can see is, like, this has to be a situation where, yeah, she's going to be advocating for Nyla, but Nyla's still going to be talking. But then she doesn't need someone to advocate for because she's so good yeah. on the mic. Give her to someone. Yeah. Like That's how you balance it out. You're supposed to give it to one of your big dumb people. That's how we did it with the guys. Yeah. But then the problem with it is, like, let's be real. At that, at that point, it's going to be fun until they start wrestling. And then it's going to be like, oh, put Mickey back on, put, put Vicky back on the mic. Like, Vicky's music, Vicky's music made me laugh though. Now I heard it, and it took a second. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, oh, it's Vicky. I what was it about her music again? Please remind me. It was the fact that like the beat, in a sense, was "Excuse Me," but they kind of they it, it hit. Uh, I, I almost it hit on like a rhythmic note. You're making me want to look for it. Yeah, if it's out there, fuck it. It's just I don't know. Like I don't know. It's like it's one of those things where it's not even necessarily that it was good or it was bad. It just made me laugh, and I was like, "Well, it's better than what they did for WWE because you never had music." Let me see if I can find where in the uh, in the show this comes up. Definitely later in the show because up next was the main event. So. Oh, wait, I think I came across it. Yeah. Sensitive, delicate information? I'm not telling you anything. As a matter of fact, I'm not telling any of you anything. Because I'm going to let them say it for themselves. What? That. Holy shit. <laughs> what an unexpected <laughs> development. 
15 years of pro wrestling experience. How about her lifetime of pro wrestling experience growing up in El Paso with the Guerrero family? That's great. Okay. Vicky, welcome to AEW. Now, what is your strategy here? Why would I tell you about my strategy or anyone else here? What I will say, Dasha, is that when Nyla Rose and myself are ready to go after the women's championship, it will be the perfect time. Now, since it is official that I am the manager of Nyla okay, Rose. Okay, okay. Well, you guys got the overall idea there. Yeah. Okay. So, finally, we get to our main event. John Moxley versus the Hulk. I mean, oh. Brian Cage, I forgot. Yeah, the blue greens, I mean. Yeah, you take it from here. <laughs> so, yeah, finish of this match was uh, basically after working over his arm for pretty much the entire match. I believe he gets him in, what was it, like a Fujiwara? I believe it was some type of an arm bar. Yeah, it was actually an arm bar. And because Cage basically won't tap, Taz throws in the towel. Yeah. Which, it looks bad for this guy to get that. But you know what? On top of that, man, his selling is not very good. A guy that size that doesn't sell, it's a bad formula. Watch everything he does. He looks like a programmed robot. It's funny that his his gimmick is the machine, right? Because that's why he he moves. The irony, right? You know, he looks like the game AI, like I was saying the other day. Like, he looks like the game AI, the way he moves around and does things. It looks a little bit too telegraphed for me. Uh, I just can't believe it, you know? Uh... It made me so sad. Good suplex on the chairs, though. You know, good suplex on the chairs. That one, that rope suplex he does is really good, too. Where he's, like, on the rope, he stands on the middle. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a German, you know. He's literally a suplex machine. It's funny he's with Taz because that's his main thing. His suplexes are the one thing that looks good. He's a suplex machine. They call him the machine, and his one thing is this is a fucking suplex machine with Taz. So the yeah. irony, right? But like you said, Taz threw in the towel when Moxley had Cage in a submission. You know what I mean? And then afterwards, Moxley winds up getting attacked by Cage, and then the lights cut out, and it's Darby fucking Island. Look, I like this guy, but we're closing the show on him. You know what I mean? The lights cut out for Darby Island. We're in lights cut out status with Darby Island. He's cool and everything. Yeah, I mean, you Darby's the only... dark, mysterious type character. You're gonna give that to somebody like that. Yeah, but come on. Is he already at that level though, where you're at the end? He's of the been. Show? I mean, this Not, is the guy who what, in his first match he came out and was bringing a body bag. I mean, you're at the end of the world title main event though. Your world champion just defended against what will be considered the number one contender, and there's some sort of of, of, of a rumble afterwards. The lights cut out. We're, and is anyone thinking Darby Allen's going to come out with his skateboard? I mean, considering he and Cage somewhat have unfinished business because Cage took him out, I saw it coming. I guess I I thought something. I mean, you should because that, 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 that's what, exactly what I figured it was going towards. I was like, wait, the fact he, oh yeah, Cage took him out in that casino ladder match. Yeah, I think and we have reserved stuff like that though, for for like I don't know for something else. So what's it going to be? Brian Cage versus Darby Allen is the next big feud. No, not a big feud, but it's going to be Darby's first thing back. And... Oh, how good for uh, how good for Brian Cage. Yeah, I mean, hey, Brian Cage used to get overshadowed by somebody else. Darby will look, Darby will look even better in the ring. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of Darby, he got a recent you no know, tattoo work done. I heard he got a new tattoo, but I didn't see one. Look, ooh. Uh, 
you know, I get it. I like the guy. I think he's great and everything. He's one of the better guys on there. They gimmick everything. But I just didn't know that we were at main event cut the lights off mode with this guy already. No, I wouldn't call it main event, but it's like this basically makes it clear that it's like, hey, this thing between Moxley and Cage is done. So, like, Cage, did you forget? Because the funny thing is that Cage was trying to get back to Moxley that whole time. And it's like, oh, did you forget about me? Like, no. And they've been te- they've been kind of like with those different vignettes. They've been teasing that that Darby was on his way back. So, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Overall, it was a decent show. AEW didn't. It, it was it was all right. It was good. It did good. Of everything that happened in the week, I think it was kind of at that middle ground. It wasn't the worst. Not not by a long shot, but it wasn't the best. So that brings us over to the competition in the Wednesday Night Wars, being NXT. Which, uh, this has Dominic Dijakovic, who's once again there for Keith Lee's hand-me-downs, which is starting Holy to really shit, bad. you guys name perfectly right. Oh, my God. Yeah, which is really bad to have those hand-me-downs because, you know, when he keeps doing that, every single time Keith Lee wins a title, this guy shows up like, hey, man, can I get a shot? Yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? The title shot, man. Exactly. And uh, of course, predictably, after Lee takes him out, Scarlet shows up. And what, what did she bring to the ring in her bag? Was that a broken clock or some shit? It must have been. I thought it was cool how the lights cut out. See, that's a cool lights cutting out moment, even though it was just her. But just the fact that you know what she represents. But like the lights cut out and then she's just sitting there <sighs> quietly. And without saying a word, she puts, the, I guess, the broken clock there and says TikTok. And um, see, go ahead. See, I'll say, see, that bothers me even worse because it's then like, wait a minute, you mean fucking Karrion Cross is coming for the title? <laughs> like, I think if it was just Scarlet, it wouldn't bother me, but it's like, no, Scarlet showed up to deliver a message from Karrion Cross. Yeah. Because it, it, it's clear they're throwing that guy into an NXT championship match. At least if I hear that Darby Allen's excited, Darby Allen's getting a world title match, I'm excited because it's like, ooh, it's Darby. Darby's going to damn near try to kill himself. And I'm like, ooh, it's carrying across. Yeah. <laughs> I it, mean, the presentation was, was fantastic because Scarlet does dark well, but. Yeah. But then Keith Lee, he winds up getting attacked. And that sort of bothered me, right? I'm sorry, not Keith Lee. Uh, Dijokovic gets attacked backstage, mid-interview. And when he gets attacked, my initial reaction was, who's that? I was like, who's that attacking him? Who is this little fella? Until the, uh, until the clock, until he went TikTok. And it's because, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. It's because the way that they present, uh, carrying cross he just comes off like this larger than life figure you know he just comes off like this bigger guy he seems so huge but dominic dijokovic is bigger than him yeah like carrion is kind of when it comes to a big guy he's kind of average size yeah you can't be tiktoking people if one of the guys we've had here way bigger than is looking down at your clock See what I'm saying? Like, I how are you gonna TikTok somebody? Like, I didn't realize that 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 he was smaller than than Dominic. Yeah, or Donovan, whatever. <laughs> you know, like to think that he's looking because I, I legit thought, who is that? Is that the guy? That's the cross guy? Really? 
You ain't that big. You're muscular, but you're not that big. Things are right now. If Darby Allen don't need a lights out, this motherfucker show enough don't need to be TikToking people. Cause like yeah. what? How are you? And yeah. now they're gonna have a match this Wednesday. He has freezer syndrome. He needs to be a few inches taller. Oh shit! Shotzi oh. Blackheart gets screwed over by Robert Stone and Aaliyah during her match. They come out and they fuck That's her over just because. Uh, suddenly it turns into lucha on the ground because. Los Ingobernables de Fantasma around And they have this Mexican drug lord style Meeting, this high production Better cameras and lighting They turn into Lucha on the ground <laughs> I always made a drop of the freaking intro that uh, Thatcher tapped out some young fella And he didn't release the hold So only Lorcan winds up doing a run And glad that they were getting more of that feud Because I told you that during their, their takeover I felt a little dissatisfied Like I felt like they didn't need to end that abruptly I want you to, like that. That's a match you got to have them fight again. Mm-hmm. Uh, freaking Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes had a hell of a match where Priest, where, where Priest hit a second ro- a middle rope reckoning for the win. Yeah, what that looked was, like it sucked. Was Cameron Grimes always Jamie Noble? <laughs> or did they turn him into that? Because I don't remember him sounding like Jamie Noble now. <laughs> He's been doing. They've been had. They've had him like that for a few months. Now. But he wasn't like that before he came into this company, right? No, no. Because yeah, I'm like, I don't remember you sound like Jamie. Like I figured, go, come on, idiot. You know, like some other girl come out or something. She's like, what the fuck was that? Like I don't remember him sounding or, or acting like that. It was just weird. <laughs> Fucking strange. What I do like is um. It happened at the beginning of the match. He went for that, basically, that flash cave. And I like that Mauro basically made it clear, like, it's something in his back pocket. And he does, and like, what I like that they do with that is he doesn't do it all the time, but every now and then it lands. So it's like, it's, it, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a like forward book where it's like, you, every time you hear Cameron Grimes in a match, you wonder, like, is he going for that flash cave in? Yeah. Because every now and then he does it. He doesn't always land it, but sometimes he does. Mm hmm. Very solid stuff. Very solid. And that oh, brings yeah. us to our Great main event. Yeah. Main event, Io Shirai goes over Tegan Knox. He can look good enough for this and, match, I suppose. Yeah. The big Tegan Friday game. Yeah. Kai goes over. And then over for some reason the, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, the the I was saying then for some reason the shittiest heel in all of creation, Dakota Kai comes out and jumps yeah. heel after the match. Ambush at the end, which is how we cut the show off the air. Dakota Kai, which I guess she's the next one to face Io Shirai's number one contender. So that's your Wednesday Night Wars with AEW bringing in 788,000 viewers at a .29 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic that Jericho loves so much. Whereas NXT brought in 631,000 viewers with a .14 rating once again underneath the 18 to 49 demographic. So uh, AEW wins once again numerically with viewers and in the demographic. So now, even when NXT's won, it's just been in the demographic. Yeah. You know, so now they're back on top entirely, so there's less of a dispute this week going on. And it really uh, seems like when it comes to, like, that general overall number, yeah, NXT can't do it if it's not a big NXT. Yeah, so they have 70,000 viewers in the 18 to 34 demographic um, versus NXT that had 6,000. 70,000 against 6,000. So if we are talking about that demographic and if the ratings do matter to the networks, then that is a problem because they were down 21.3% 
from last week. Where, where I'm sorry, AEW was down. NXT was down 87.2%. According to Showbuzz, NASCAR, NASCAR was their competition with 1.5 million viewers, which started at 8 p.m., 2.76 million for the UFC Fight Night, brought in 536,000 viewers. So, uh, yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. For anyone who cares about that kind of shit, now you know the numbers. So, what were your thoughts? What was better for you, AEW or NXT this week? Um, oh. storytelling wise, with certain things, I enjoyed AEW when it came to the whole thing of the uh, FTR having that little teaser, the uh, what seemed to be the, the hints of a heel turn from Cody. And I mean, of course, me always being a Darby Allen fan, seeing him come back. But then there was also the elements with stuff with NXT, like Cameron Grimes and uh, Damian Priest knocking it out of the park. But the but the Karrion Cross thing bothers me. I think if it wasn't for the Karrion Cross thing, I'd have been probably dead even. But I'm like, keep this man away from any championships right now. He just showed up because they did that last week. After Keith Lee won the title, for some reason they had to go to this shot in a random ass skybox of him laughing and shit. And it's like, yo, what? But at the same time, AEW is guilty of doing the act that NXT is about to do because they had their green big guy in the main event against their world champion. And he did terrible. Yeah, I mean, but they didn't like drag it out like freaking NXT. NXT has been having Karrion Cross just like eye fucking the NXT title since he's shown up. Whereas Cage, they got him in, they got him out. And it's like on to the next thing, whereas they're doing these little matches like it's almost supposed to be some kind of a weird. Oh, once he gets back, this guy, he'll be right back on the title. And it's like. Yeah, well. I, I don't know, but NXT, like I, I lately I've been enjoying AEW a lot more. I mean, NXT has been bringing it, but still for me, AEW is kind of grabbing me a little bit more just because they have me more curious about certain things in the long term. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, Wednesday's still winning when it comes to the wrestling of the week right now. So, yeah, absolutely. this is overall like absolutely okay. We're almost going to be wrapping up soon. We got to get a few other stories and things out of the way, though. Uh, one of the other things that basically happened was uh, I don't know if you really heard about the most recent last week with John Oliver where they where they addressed the coronavirus conspiracy theorist and he talks about how hard it would be to keep a conspiracy like the coronavirus a secret and then he uses the metaphor of how have you ever tried to keep a birthday party a secret or any kind of secret amongst a small group of people how hard it is to not get the secret to leak and then you amplify that by like all of the people in the world that would have to keep the secret and it by default just statistically makes a coronavirus conspiracy theory impossible to execute. Uh, So that is his argument about the entire thing. Uh, You can take it or leave it. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I mean, numerically, he's correct, right? Yeah, he's got a point. Something that big you don't keep under wraps. Yeah. So here is the example that he used. I'm trying to just bring up the clip so you guys can see that part. Okay, here we go. Experts say. 
is that the most effective way to approach someone is not by shaming them for believing something or overwhelming them with counter evidence, but to try and be empathetic, meet them where they are, and nudge them to think a bit more critically. So to that end, we've asked some people that they might be more willing to listen to to help you start a conversation. For instance, let's say your confused grandparents are passing around dangerous misinformation about not wearing a mask. They may not listen to me, but they might listen to the man that they've been letting into their home every weeknight to calmly tell them what is and isn't correct. Hi, everyone. The answer is Alex Trebek. The correct question, of course. Who is that handsome man I'm looking at right now? Yeah, we got Alex Trebek to make a 90-second video gently urging anyone who watches it to be careful with what they encounter and share online. So you could show your grandparents that and then talk to them about it. But let's say you've got a cousin who's not a Jeopardy fan. Maybe they like wrestling or Fast and Furious movies. Well, the good news is John Cena has got something to say to them too. There's a lot of official-looking stuff on the internet. Not all of it's true. And there's some stuff that seems false, but isn't. Like this one. John Oliver and I are the exact same age. Yep, born on the same year, on the exact same day. It seems impossible that two human bodies can age so differently. But it's true. I checked. And it's important you do that. So before you go believe any theory about the pandemic or share any information about the pandemic, why is he undressing? It's good to know where that information is coming from. Yeah. Both of those things he said are true. <laughs> right. You should check the information you see online. And we are the exact same age. It's a thing that I think about every birthday. And it's not just Alex Trebek and John Cena. We have an assortment of truly beloved figures from Paul Rudd to Catherine O'Hara to Billy Porter, each of whom made messages to urge people to think more critically. Here is just a taste. What's going on, my people? It's me. Billy Porter. Hello there. I'm Catherine O'Hara. I'm Paul Rudd. Alex Trebek. John Cena here, WWE superstar, actor, internet meme, dessert lover, and number three on your partner's free pass list. I'm literally a superhero. The smallest one, but it still counts. I know that we are living in scary times. Given the current state of things, you're searching for answers about the global health crisis. I think that's awesome. That curiosity, that's good. I'm curious too. If nobody ever asks questions, Jeopardy would be a very, very weird show, wouldn't it? But you have to be careful, because there's a lot of convincing-looking shit on the internet, and most of it ain't true. You know, I once <laughs> thought I was dead because hashtag RIP Paul Rudd was trending. So before you go off and share something with your friends and family, it's good to know where that information's coming from. Is it a trusted news source? If you're not sure, Look to see if other trusted news sources and experts are saying the same thing. A good way to know if an idea or story that you've read about holds water is if a majority of trusted sources agree on it. And finally, think critically. You're smart. You're smart. You're a smart cookie. I know. I know uh, you are. You have the look of a motivation scholar. I don't fully agree with the majority of sources believing use something. Use it like that's literally mop mentality, but whatever. Unsparingly right. and with gusto. A lot of people believe it. So should I. You yeah. have common sense. How come he's the only one? Trust look that at that. See this more naked every time I go to him. yourself during this difficult time. And that's trust that I'm doing what I can to number one on your partner's free pass list and number three on yours. Hey. Be safe out there. Come on, Alex Trebek. You have to start getting naked, That's too. That's all good advice. <laughs> and to increase the chance that conspiracy theorists stumble on them, we've put their full videos online at the true, true, truth .com. 
And if you're looking to start a conversation with someone, picking one of these videos is... Okay, well, there you got it. All right. Very, very nice of them. So Kayla Braxton, she recently spoke up on social media in regards to things that happened. We spoke about her for the last few weeks because she was one of the people that was attacked after she said that she caught the coronavirus twice. At the time, I even had skepticism to it in regards to whether or not this happened. She tweeted recently, and she said, I tested positive for COVID late March. I notified my company, and I left and self-quarantined for four weeks. Then I was retested and tested negative. I still wore a mask and took all necessary precautions, but then once again, I tested positive a couple months later. This time I had no symptoms, but still, I left work and self-quarantined for 14 days. Last night, you all were tweeting super insensitive things regarding my health. A couple of you even said that you thought I had died and maybe that would have been for the best. Guys, this isn't okay. When I said, when I said, don't be stupid like me, I meant don't make the mistake of thinking you can't test positive twice. I did everything I could and this can happen to you. Moral of the story, stop bullying people online, especially for something that concerns health. It's so gross that you should be embarrassed. Let's all be better. This is a hard time for everyone and we're all experiencing state of the world. We've never experienced before. Build each other up, help people, just be good to people and all of you who have lent your support. I've seen you and I thank you. We need more people like you. So, uh, to me, the most important thing out of this, you know, obviously don't wish her dead. What an asshole, whoever said that was. But she's confirming that she tested positive in March, then tested negative later on, and then recently once again tested positive. I don't think that she would present information like that publicly if it couldn't be referenced and debunked, which means she wouldn't lie about this. So that is one of my biggest fears that has not come to fruition because that means you can fucking catch it twice. Or at least that's what it can mean. The other thing it can mean is that we still don't understand everything about this, which is what I'm, I think, more inclined to believe. I don't think we understand enough about this. There could be false negatives. There could be false positives in these tests. This thing just came out a few months ago. We already have tests to determine if you're negative or positive. I don't know the validity of these tests. You know what I mean? There could be situations where it doesn't work. It could be that she was never negative. And that it lasted months. We've heard of people having it for months. Maybe her negative test was still a positive. Maybe her positive was still a negative. I don't know. Maybe she did catch it twice. If you can catch it twice, they need a vaccine quick. And that would mean that people need to be vaccinated probably more than they should be. Because if you can, if your antibodies for something like this go away within a few months, that means that you'd be vaccinating people almost every three, four months forever. Whereas with the flu, it's bad enough that you got to get your flu shot every single year. Because I guess I'm assuming that uh, scientists and experiments and tests have proven that the antibodies that you get from the flu vaccine last at least 365 days. And when the flu's most prevalent is when they decide to administer it to you, which makes sense. But if this is something that your natural antibodies go away after a few months... Just think of the amount of vaccination that would be. That would be a bigger problem. And, and let's not even talk about that, the effect that that level of vaccination, almost world, almost year-long vaccinating people would have in the economy. You got to question 
when you're injecting something into yourself that was just invented to fight a virus that was just created all the time. Because if there are side effects to having this or even having the vaccination, they're not going to manifest themselves immediately. It could be years from now. People realize, hey, guess what? You know, shit you've been injecting into yourself to fight Corona. It's killing you. I mean, shit, there's already vaccination theories now as far as stupid ones. Because people were worried about vaccination for things that are safe, that have been tested over years. I'd be more worried about a vaccination that's coming out like tomorrow. That's just coming out around the same time as the Xbox One Series X. You know? And they've been working on the council longer. And we're putting in people. Oh, so. And I, George, you're right. I never heard of anyone but her catching it twice. I've heard of a few people catching it twice, though. I've heard cases where people thought they had it. But nothing ironclad. And I mean, it, it, for example, chickenpox, most people don't catch twice, but there are rare instances that people do catch it twice. So maybe this is a rare instance. I don't know. We don't know enough about this to know for sure, but I just figured I would bring it to you guys' attention to keep you updated on that story. Much as I'd love to get the fuck out of here right now, I keep my word about uh, keeping up with stories, which uh, also Apollo Crews, where there's a worm to the assumption right now that Apollo Crews, I don't know if anything uh, substantial has come out in regards to Apollo Crews. But from what we're hearing, that's the main reason why he wasn't around. PW Insider Mark Johnson is saying that uh, he failed his pre-show medical evaluation. Well, at least that's what Michael Cole was saying. But according to Mike Johnson, PW Insider, they said he didn't even show up that day. And that he wasn't clear to compete. So that's all we know. So we don't know for sure that it has to do with catching the virus. You know, who knows? It is crazy right now, man. Shit is wild out there, right? Who are you telling? It is wild. In our next case, we got to get out of here soon, too. So I'm going to try to be quick about this. Our next case of COVID information actually comes from our old buddy, DDP. Hey, guys, it's me, DDP. And uh, I wanted to give you guys like an update about my personal experience during this pandemic. Because between the internet, you know, uh, the videos, uh, the news, I mean, like, you don't know what to trust. You don't know what to believe because it seems like everything keeps contradicting itself. So I wanted to give you my personal experience, what I've been going through during this time, and maybe I'll end up helping you out. I think pretty much everybody in the beginning know when this COVID thing hit, I got super strict. Me and Brittany put out videos how to make things safer for shopping and what to do with gloves and the mask. Like, I really took this seriously. So serious, I started getting IV bags, like um, extra vitamin C and uh, glutathione and all these things that are really helpful to keep you healthy. And then as time went on, things started opening up and like everybody else, I started to feel a little comfortable. So I called my buddy up, Ken Backler up at uh, LifeMed Institute, so where I'm gonna get my stem cells shot. And remember my son has COVID? I do too. I was with him the day before. So I leave LifeMed and, cause he doesn't have the, the, the test that, and then we come home and everything's cool. You know, what things are opening up. I'm feeling like, you know, maybe the third day, I started feeling sick. And then Paige was feeling sick. And then 
we thought, wow, is this COVID? You know, because our minds are going to go right to that. Yeah, they were at a wedding. And like, where could that even come from? Not even thinking about the bridal shower. We don't know that anyone else was sick yet. We're just thinking about ourselves. So I, I wanted to get my entire company all tested because means my, my business partner, Steve Yu, we were talking about, you know, let's just test everyone. And it was like next to impossible. You couldn't find any place to get tested. So by the time we got that third day, man, we were getting hit hard. And Paige, she was really getting hit hard. So I was like, let's go. You know, I don't know if this is COVID or what it is, but let's go. Let's call up my doctor, Dr. Ashgar. And so he won't let anybody come to his place who's got COVID or even thinks they do. So we do a Zoom call. He prescribes us you know, um, some stuff that, that I had really asked him about, which was prednisone and, uh, uh, Z-Pak. Um, and that was the main part that I really wanted him to, uh, prescribe for us. So we're on something to try to fight it, whether it worked or not. Um, but the bottom line is, is that we couldn't get anyone to test us either. So, I, I, I couldn't find any from CVS or whatever, all these free testing. So I went to this company called Vitafusions, who does a lot of my bags, those same vitamin bags. It came down and knocked us on our ass. And like, for me, it was, you know, my voice got more. It was so painful. Hers was up to 102.4 and it all my body started freezing, like sleeping because you're freezing. Her body's going to stay warm. Me isn't just taking care of me and Paige and the baby. She's going up and taking care of her. And now she's doing best results. Six days, seven days, eight days. My doc's like, Dr. Ashgar's like, you've got it. You know, it's just like, I know you're waiting to get the positive, you know, you know, knowing you got it. He goes, but you must have it. And nine days in, we finally get the test. Paige is positive. They say, I am not. I was like, what? <laughs> My doctor's like, that's gotta be a mistake. So let me just take you back up to like, we don't know what to believe. But you see what I'm saying? Look at that, how fucking strange that is right there. He didn't ever have it, according to these tests. And the guy's telling you his symptoms. And he's in the same vicinity of people who did have it. That are in his household. So we don't know everything about this. It's not that I don't believe John Cena and John Oliver, the two Johns with the same birthday. But I'm just saying that there's not enough information that I think this is beyond our, our realm of scientific scope at this point. Because we have yeah. people testing positive twice. We have people with symptoms that aren't testing positive at all. We have to. We can't discredit everybody. Somebody has to be credible in the fact that there's not an accurate test right now. Is what I'm. Is what I'm thinking happens. I'm gonna play this for like another minute, and then we're gonna move on just because we're wrapping up. What I'm telling you actually really happened. So I call up QT, who's one of the wrestlers for AEW, because he had left me a message, and I heard he had COVID. He tells me twenty days ago he was tested. He's got COVID. He had three days of symptoms, nothing after that. His wife, Caroline, she came back negative. 
She's had one symptom after another, from throwing up to freezing to everything. And she's negative. He got another test today, says that he's still positive. So it's crazy, like that the information, like it's like, it just came onto the world so fast, they don't know what they're doing. So the biggest reason I'm sort of really, I've been trying to figure out how we're gonna tell the story to you guys that hopefully means something to you, is that if you go back to the bridal shower, everybody felt comfortable with everybody. So no one's wearing a mask. Everyone's hanging out. Seven women got sick from that. Now we're waiting to find out how many's got COVID. I know Paige does. I know Linda does. And I would bet that the other five do too. So you see what I mean? There's no way to read this shit accurately. People are getting symptoms that aren't sick. People are getting symptoms that are that, that are not. You know what I mean? It's all confusing right now. That's more of a reason to be careful and just to wear a fucking mask. Just because we don't know. I don't think that science right now has accurate tests. And I don't think we actually have a full grasp on what's going on yet. Oh. So the information changes. This thing just started happening. You know, I believe DDP. He's been out longer than the fucking virus. Right. You know, I believe him. So, um, and your mask. Yeah, according to New York Post, uh, apparently, Ric Flair revealed that his wife, Wendy Barlow, has tested positive for COVID-19. And they, it was reported that Flair has it and tested positive. But uh, he's denied it and says that this is absolutely incorrect. He says, my wife does have the virus. We live in a 5,000 square foot home. I live in the basement. She lives upstairs on the third floor and she got sick. I don't fully believe you. I don't fully believe you, Flair. <laughs> I kind of feel how your, how fuck does your wife have it and not you. You were around people who had that shit, man. This might be a case of like what happened with DDP. Well, you're not testing positive, but you might get symptoms. I really hope nothing happens to Flair. Huh. Oh, yeah, like Stacey said, just be mindful of yourself and others. Like, yeah, but Ric Flair worries right now because, mask, again, his wife has it. He does not, even though it's been reported, he is, he could be he could be denying it to protect WWE. Don't forget that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's one of those people we've seen who will clearly like, go down with the ship. Like. And, and yeah, Stacey's right. Why would him and his wife live on separate floors? Like they have a bad marriage. It's almost like that piece of information worries me. Like maybe Flair doesn't want to want to reveal it. You know, I don't know. I hope he doesn't have it though. I really do. Yeah, no. All right. I guess real quickly, if you want to, we can talk about Raw, which last week's Raw did one point five hundred four million viewers, and uh, it was an all time low once again. I've lost track of them. Good God. How do you keep getting lower? I'm not talking about all of Raw Destin. I'm talking about a few things. You can bring up anything that I forgot that you loved so much that you have to remind me about. Um, <laughs> Rollins' speech where he talks about how the fans and turned him into a monster with like the big undertone of the beginning of the show with Alistair Black showing up and uh, Murphy catching a beatdown 
we get Rollins versus Alistair Black with Rollins, of course, going over and then Murphy and uh, Rollins destroy him afterwards. And I don't know why they did this. Are they writing him out? Are they planning for his COVID party? What is happening exactly? Because suddenly... So, no, I don't even know anymore. I don't even know anymore either. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Farouk was doing backstage in the area with Lashley and MVP. Are they starting a new nation? They needed a black guy quota. Yeah, Nation of Domination. Another older guy Dang who it. shouldn't be here. You know, Farouk, I know he's in great shape, but why is an older guy here during this risky pandemic time? What the fuck is he doing there? And then he wasn't even used. If you're going to bring a legend back, bring him back and use him usefully. Just have him backstage going, listen, man, I know you guys got your own way of doing things, but be careful. And that's a fucking... Then I saw him later on just in the background of scene. He didn't even do the damn gimmick. What was the point? It was a right. wasted Farouk. Right, he didn't do it. He didn't even fucking How do it. They can't even get that you? right. They can't even get that right. They can't even get that right. That's the line. That's it. I tap. <laughs> he didn't even fucking say the line, you no, know? I'm not even joking. He has come back sometimes, been on camera, and just done that. And this time, he didn't, he didn't do that. They what? didn't even use him right. They didn't even use him right. I don't know if they wanted to remind us that there was a nation or what. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, speaking of this new nation of domination, Shelton Benjamin, he winds up taking R-Truth's 24-7 title because I guess R-Truth's not black enough for their nation. So they put this guy in. We get Shelton it's gonna Benjamin. It's going to be darkening all three of them. That's a title with MVP. Bobby Lashley, the valet, because he's the only one who doesn't have a title who justifiably should based on their own lore. But nope, the other two guys who shouldn't have the title with the valet. He should come out wearing Marlena's fucking dress. Don't you put that fucking image in my head. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, as we were concerned about, announces that next week we're going to have an official match to determine who's actually the women's champion when if you're going by the rules and by your own words Stephanie then you have just declared that the actual women's champion is still Asuka so that should have at least been clarified and the title should have been given back to her until the following week this is just your strategic way of not outright telling us that you wasted the match at the pay-per-view and that we're going to have to have another match all all I'm saying is we could have easily got this rematch just by having Asuka get the win just saying Yes. main event yes thank you George because I would have forgotten because I really don't care Main event, Kyrie Sane, who, by the way, we are hearing that this is it for her. This was her final taping before going back to Japan. She is gone, which is why they probably gave her that rub. Kyrie Sane beat the champion, Bailey in a non-title match. According to PW Insider, this was the final taping for her. She's going to be going back to Japan. She's leaving on good terms. But she was married this year, and she planned on moving back. So... We don't know if that was the last time we'll see her or what will happen or if there's a storyline to write her out or how many roars of SmackDown were taped. I lost track. But we do know that this is it for her. Uh, I've been hearing this talk of her and Asuka at SummerSlam because on Raw Talk she did say, I'm ready for Asuka. That would be interesting. Yeah. They've never, I don't think they've ever fought each other before too, so that'd be cool. And that was pretty much Raw in a nutshell. There's nothing else that I wanted to talk about. We'll talk next week more about it. There's no time tonight. But Fox and USA, we're hearing that they are ringside exclusive. We are hearing that they are getting uh, frustrated with the ratings. I couldn't imagine why. I couldn't imagine why either. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Don't forget... We have other content throughout the week. This Wednesday, the Party Game Zone will be open on twitch.tv slash talkbrunch. It'll be at 10 p.m. following AEW, Dynamite, and NXT. So, come check us out there. Thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire night and that has joined us for 
this entire celebration. One F one FPS, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, Willie V2, Cooler Ice, Aten, Commander Root, Sugar Shane, The Community Showcase, Saku Hasu, aka Marceline the Vampire Queen, George Z, King Quest 770, Jazz Z, M78 Eddie, Electrical Longboard, Deus Legend, once again, thank you for the follow. Welcome back. Uncle Louis TV, thank you for the host. Universe Helm, same man Sampai, also thank you for the host. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 396, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we're out of here. Yeah, better watch out now. He's still crazy. Shut it down. <laughs>